Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Kofefi Break on Unsafe Space. I'm Carter, and I'm joined, as always, by Carrie Smith. Hello, Carter. Good morning. How, How are, you? are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm in casual mode today. No sound. I couldn't bring myself to wear a tie. I just was... I usually have my shirt and tie for the show, and I was going to go put it on, and I didn't want to. So here we are. Yeah, nice. <laughs> That's my argument. Well, uh, we might have some new people, so welcome if you're here from Gab. We just, um, I just finally started my account there, and there's a bunch of people following, so welcome. This is a live show that we do on Mondays and Fridays called Cafefe Break, and everyone is welcome. I reiterated today, I don't care how late you get to my party, I'm just glad you made it. <laughs> and I also had to tell someone, except my only rule is no joy eaters, and no buttholes. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want any jerks at my party, but you can get her late. That's fine. Sometimes I like jerks, but that's okay. Here, Carrie will kick you out. Um, someone says, Carter is not always joined by Carrie. Snopes fact check. False. That's true. I am mostly joined by Carrie. But I'm joined by Carrie in the same way that, oh, no, actually, I'm joined by Carrie more than BLM protests are peaceful. Never mind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Over 93% of the time, Carrie is here for Coffee Free Break. I'm not here for Coffee Free Break all the time. Sometimes Carrie has to fly without me. Um, what, what do we got going on? Oh, please don't forget yeah. to like, share, and subscribe. If you're subscribed on YouTube, please make sure you're still subscribed on YouTube. They're not big fans of leaving you subscribed to our show. Um, and we also, do have a new Clips channel. You can find us at Unsafe Space oh, Clips. Yeah. We also have, coming up soon, Book Club. That we are wait, wait, wait. Can I do that? Can I do a Clips thing? Yeah. <laughs> Just since it's related. I thought this was hilarious. Beverly showed me this. Uh, you'll, you'll love it. This was a clip. I don't know. I'm, I'm talking about conflating America with white supremacy. Some clip, right? Look at the Look at what YouTube... <laughs> Look at their their note on it. QAnon. QAnon is, is there's like a QAnon fact check note on. I don't even okay. know what QAnon is. I mean, I kind of okay, do, but we're not. But see, now we're gonna have that fact check on this video. I think it's just because we mentioned it. If we say the word QAnon, I think because we said the word and we said we don't really even know what it is. QAnon, and QAnon, now, QAnon. Please don't, please don't. <laughs> I just, you know, Carter. <laughs> There's I can't. No it's just hilarious to, to me. I know it is hilarious, but now we there's no reason to give them the gun to shoot us with. I already said it once, so I figured the AI doesn't count. Doesn't care. Yeah. In the future, I'll know. I I'll have to say, uh, I don't know. The letter before R anon. And we're gonna come up with some window <laughs> for it for in our twenties new prohibition. <laughs> Yeah. Dictionary. Yes. Yeah. Which you are the editor. You're the chief editor and author of our 20s Prohibition Dictionary. Um, yes. You were about to say something about this. I was this, about so to say, say book club. We are coming up. If you're new here, we do a book club. It's free to join and participate. And you can be on camera in the discussion with all of us. Last time we broke a record. We, we usually alternate between fiction and nonfiction. So last month we did Cynical Theories by James Lindsay and Helen Pluckers. And we had like... 50 people or something crazy 
Um, this month we are doing fiction and Carter just held it up. We're doing Thought Criminal by Michael Rechtenwald. It's a pretty quick read, but you should start now. And uh, you can join us if you want to get the link to be on camera. Email us at speak at unsafespace.com or you can just be in the live chat like today. Um, and that one is going to be on what date is that one? February. Uh, February 20th. February 20th. Yeah. And the one after that, if you want to get a start. No, no, no. It's February 21st, which is a Sunday. Oh, it is? I have the 20th written down. It should be the Sunday. It's so. February 21st, which is a Sunday. Sorry. This always happens. I don't know why. You know why? Because I, I put it in the template for this show and it automatically okay. generates the wrong date. I have to fix it. The one after that is uh, the fourth turning. If you want to start, some people like to get a head start because they want to go borrow the books from the library or whatever. So um, if you want to do that, that's in March, but we're not reading it yet. But we will be if you want to get a head start on that one. Um, like Carrie said, we alternate between fiction and nonfiction often. Uh, what else? Oh. We have uh, we have more we, stuff to say. Yeah, so we have a Discord, which is for people who contribute financially. We also have a Telegram, which is for anyone in our community. Um, the Telegram has gotten a bit a kind of busy because there's so many people in there. So we started a Discord, and that's just for paid subscribers at any level. You can be a dollar subscriber, and you get in there, right? And yeah. So I be aware of that. There's probably people who don't like us that are in there that will take yeah, that, out of context. That's fine. That. Just, just be but aware. Just know that there'll be maybe fewer people in there. And, the, and also the way Discord's organized, it's easier to separate out things by topics, I think. And so that makes it easier to follow. It's not every time you log in, thousands of posts, you know. I just figured out how to get in there yesterday. So I'm in there. Oh, you're finally in. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, uh, Carrie. Thank you. And there is a pet <laughs> picture forum, which I will be frequenting. And uh, we also have coming up, we're trying out because we know we have limited time on large platforms and, you know, our unsafe space already got banned from Twitter on January 11th. And we still have yet to hear from them about why we were banned or to have any response to our appeal. But um, we know that it's a matter of time. You know, they're purging people across all platforms. And so we are on Minds. We're on Gab. We're on... Is Parlor Mimi. back? We were on Parlor. We're on MeWe. We're in all these places. We're on BitChute. You can get our videos on BitChute. Um, and we are now on Locals. And one of the thing we want, one of the things we talked about doing is providing um, some type of exclusive co content, like something extra for people who want to subscribe financially. And so we're going to try out a speakeasy on Sunday. Wait, I have an image for us, Gary. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Boom. <laughs> this is for uh, people who are subscribed either on Locals, PayPal, Subscribestar, or YouTube at the apostate level and above. Um, it, we will send out a Zoom link to you on email. If we have your email, if we've asked for contact information on one of those platforms and you've never given it to us, then we don't really know how to reach you. We'll also put it in a channel in Discord, though, that you have access to. Um, but that will be this Sunday the 7th at 3 p.m. Pacific and slash 6 Eastern. And it will and be like a book club, except we're not talking about a book. We're just all hanging book. out on camera. If you want to be on camera, just a community fireside chat. We're going to call it a speakeasy because we are in this new era of prohibition. And that was all Carrie's idea. And it's an awesome idea. I, I love the word. I love the name speakeasy for it. 
speak easy. You should be able yeah. to speak easily. Speak easily. Can you give some example of your awesome lingo? Uh, do well, I, is before, that putting you on the spot? No, well, I, you know, put on your glad rags and join us down at the speakeasy this Sunday. It's going to be Jake, you know. There you go. But <laughs> we will be talking about the coof probably and uh, the big show. And it does cost cabbage to get in. Wait, That's what's the little... big show? I forget what that one is. Well, I'm not going to say it on air. Oh, sorry. You'll have to come to the speakeasy. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I know it, what cabbage does, is. <laughs> it does cost a little cabbage to get in. So you have to be at the, what is it? The apostate. Uh, the apostate club because we can't have yeah. 100 people on there. But so it'll limit it a little bit. But that's I think that's like if you're a member on YouTube or if you're on Subscribestar or wh- whatever way you subscribe to us, if you're at the twenty five dollar level or above, you can come speak. And we just try this out. We'll see how it goes. If we don't get a ton of people, maybe we could open it up even further. But by what the way, I just this I, I, know, I, want, I want to say this <laughs> to a self-defense law just sent a super chat and said, what time's the Super Bowl on this Sunday? And I want to say something. We had an entire internal yes. team meeting about whether to do this and literally no one no on the entire team mentioned that there was a super bowl that there might be a conflict at all so uh like last year we had a book club on super bowl sunday during the super bowl we did book yeah. club do you remember that and nobody in our team knew yeah <laughs> well we were like, we're consistent club, but i want to go to like, watch the super bowl too yeah <laughs> um, that's just hilarious to me <laughs> we need we need someone an intern who likes the super bowl like a normal person <laughs> by the way uh, i put a super chat up early from azor saying aoc sank the lusitania and sent the zimmerman telegram we'll get into that later but uh while it's here i'll i'll mention it since i put it on screen i do like the super yes, bowl if, if i'm hanging out with people who who really like it because you can your their enthusiasm is contagious but i don't have a recurring calendar date of when it is or anything <laughs> okay who who's playing do you know i don't know don't tell i think anyone. the chiefs i think the kansas city chiefs are in it but i don't know who the other team is um i, I don't think they're called the chiefs anymore i think they're called kansas city oh, football is that, team. Is that offensive the kansas city well, i know the i know the washington redskins are now called the washington football team Buccaneers. Okay. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. <laughs> so Florida versus Kansas City. Okay. Or hang well, out with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know when the Super Bowl is, so you may want to, I don't know, We watch it later. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay, let's get down to business. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just, I think it's hilarious. Okay. I guess there's a lot. I'm I like I'm gonna you can I'm in a chill mood, so whatever. I don't care what you talk about. What do you want to talk about? You're in a chill mood because your outfit today is dictating your mood. I'm wondering if my tie is bad for me. Maybe it's know. making me too serious. Yeah. Uh let's talk about let's talk about uh, your sign, what's behind you and that topic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I couldn't fit Alexandria Ocasio Smollett on my sign, so we just have AOC Smollett, but or AO Smollett, sorry, AO Smollett. Um, yeah, we can we can talk about that. <clears throat> so here, let me pull up. Uh, 
She. I guess where we can start is we all know. Obviously, let's remember about the uh, <laughs> capital city or the capital building, so-called insurrection, which was some people walking into the building and breaking some glass, um, and, and getting shot. Uh, yeah, and well, and there was some violence. I think some some police got beat up or whatever. So, like some some bad things happened, but you know, well, and nothing capital, compared to say BLM riots. A Capitol police officer died. They're still trying to figure out cause of death, and the and then one of the protesters was shot and killed. Um, right, and some other protesters died of like like not getting to an ambulance in time or something. Or something. Think, right? Yes, and um, anyway, this happened on on the sixth. Are you going to start with what she said to Ted Cruz or? Well, I mean, actually, I was just going to say, like, you know, we could back up and say she's been having kind of a fuse with, feud with Ted Cruz generally because she claimed that Ted Cruz was tried to have her murdered. Is that the, how yes. you phrase it? So this was one of the most egregious, awful things I saw her do online was he tried to find common ground and he basically was saying she was she was saying something about ga- the GameStop, you know, um, and he tried to agree with her. And she said that he tried to have her murdered. I, this is actually really good to look at. I'm sorry. I should have pulled this up first. Let me find it. I don't, I don't actually have that tweet in front of me, but I, we can try and find it. Yeah, um, because that's it's so over the top. And that's what started this. Hold on. I almost got it. <laughs> that he tried to get her killed. Um, it's hyperbolic. It's dishonest. Yeah. Yeah. Here it uh, is. I'm sending it to you right now. Okay. Thank you. I see articles about it. You know what I hate about search engines generally is that they, they prioritize articles about things rather than the things themselves. If you search, um, all right. Did you, where'd you send it to me? Hold on. Sorry, we're, we're discombobulated at the moment, apparently. Yeah, we should have started with this. I'm sorry, guys. But this is very important. Okay. Dun, dun. Do you want to talk I, about... I have an article about it, if that works. Okay, pull up the article. Okay. So, here is the article. <clears throat> um, AOC slams Ted Cruz over his role in the Capitol riots. So he says fully agree. He's she's complaining about some GameStop stuff. He says fully agree right here. And her response is, I'm happy to work with Republicans on this issue where there's common ground. Sounds starts starts okay. But you almost had me murdered three weeks ago, so you can sit this one out. Happy to work with almost any other GOP that aren't trying to get me killed. In the meantime, if you want to help, you can resign. This is awful. This, I wanted to start here because this is so – it's so disgusting. Now, whether you believe um, he's sincere or not, I don't care if he's sincere. Put it back up for a second. Oh, okay. Um, whether you believe he's sincere or not, what he is doing is reaching out publicly and saying, he, hey, I agree. He, he's a Republican who's reaching across the aisle in the act of – he's reaching across the aisle and he's saying to a Democrat, I agree with you on this. Um, here's an issue we agree on. And instead of uh, accepting that olive branch or trying to do anything productive, like work on something together, she throws it in his face and then uses hyperbole and says 
that he tried to have her murdered, which is so, so dishonest, so hysterical, so crazy. And I, I find it really, um, I, I mean, it's just, it's just disgustingly irresponsible for a Congress member to, to engage in this kind of rhetoric. Um, because you, what she's doing is she's rendering communication useless. I think what you're doing here is you're making um, you're, you're taking the narrative to such an insane place and you're encouraging anyone who follows you to drink the Kool-Aid and to go to this level of insanity. Um, if anyone should resign, you should resign after this tweet because you're too irresponsible to have any amount of power in our government. You're too irresponsible. You can't even speak like an adult. You are speaking lies. This tweet, I can't, I don't know. I don't think I can overstate how much this disgusted me. So there's that. Yeah. That's how it started. Okay. Well, so, I mean, yeah, and, and I, and I my, my, my only point on that would be it is productive because her definition of productivity is different than yours. Um, it does yeah. serve her agenda. Yeah. Um, so don't think that it's a mistake. It's, it's exactly what she wanted. It's not productive to, to anything constructive. Well, that's, that may be true. <laughs> it's certainly not productive to cooperation and getting yeah. anything done on the issue they were talking about at all. And working for the American people. It's productive towards for, it's productive for destruction and polarization and hatred and insanity. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of her agenda. So, um, so yeah, so that, that's kind of the context of this, right? Yes. So then she released a video on Instagram and this was a video in which she was talking about the, the attack on the Capitol building. Now let's, uh, just for some context, she was in her office during the attack her office is not in the Capitol building. It's in a building a few blocks away. It's part of the Capitol complex, but it was in no way like targeted. There was no, there was not rioters there at all. Um, so she wasn't, she wasn't in which, the Capitol building. Which she did not reveal. Well, she made it. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, yeah, that becomes an issue, which is why I'm bringing it up now. So she posts this video on Instagram and there's, and there's <clears throat> a couple things here to just, pause and talk about <clears throat> one is the way in which she describes she she goes in and describes her experience and let's just we'll just play a clip of it four seconds maybe it was five seconds maybe it was 10 seconds maybe it was one second i don't know it felt like my brain was able to have so many thoughts in that moment um, between these screams and these yells of where is she where is she and so i go down and i just i mean i thought i was going to die um that's the part i wanted you to hear she thought she was going to die um and so what she's describing, by the way, is she's in a bathroom in this in uh, her office building, and one of the Capitol uh, security people is try trying to find her, probably because his job is to get her out of the building or whatever, right? Like, and he's angry because he can't find her. Um, and so her aide, 
eventually, uh, and that it's so when she's saying she's banging, where is she? Where is she? That's the cop looking for her. Um, now she's angry because he didn't uh, identify himself. And then she says when he found her, because um, her aide said, come on out, come on out, AOC. So she came out and uh, and I guess I guess he looked angry at her, which, you know, his job can be to protect her and he can be really pissed off at her at the By same the way, time. Those according are, to her, like, those are fine. Yeah, she, she even matter. says she even says maybe I'm projecting here. Yeah, <laughs> you think maybe maybe uh, so, you are. So this is so this is part of the drama. But the other thing she does, and these are both in the same video, and let's just I'm going to play this as well. Um, yeah, um, without comment first, I guess is the best way to do this. So here's the other part of the same video. The reason I say this and the reason I'm getting emotional in this moment is because these folks who tell us to move on, that it's not a big deal, that we should forget what's happened, or even telling us to apologize, um, these are the same tactics of abusers. And um, I'm a survivor of sexual assault. Um, and I haven't told many people that in my life. Um, but when we go. So I'm just going to, I'm going to pause there because this was the other <clears throat> relevant piece of information, or at least thing, thing that got, <sighs> here's why this is relevant. She's, well, so, now, so that's basically the video. I, I, and now we can kind of talk about the video. So a couple things. One. I, I'm not going to question whether she's like maybe she was actually the survivor of sexual assault. I have no reason to question that. I don't know her history. Like I'm not suggesting she was not a victim of sexual assault, which is a horrible, horrible thing. So, however, how she's bringing this up? Let's talk about why she's bringing it up right now and why she's she's bringing it up. She's using it as a shield. She's using that experience as a shield to deflect criticism because you can't. She can say. I am this victim for whom you should feel legitimate empathy and also XYZ. You can't now criticize XYZ because XYZ was said in the same breath as I'm a sexual assault survivor. So any attack on anything else she said in the video can be perceived as a heartless, mean-spirited attack on a poor, unfortunate sexual assault survivor. Carrie, you're muted. The way I phrased this, the way I talked about it was this. Um, obviously, none of us can know if she was actually the victim of sexual assault or not. Unlike you, I'll say, I do have reason to believe she's a liar. Um, and I'll explain that in a second. But whether she is or not, I can't know that. Maybe she is the victim of sexual assault. Who cares? Who cares? Because the way she's using it is despicable. And if it actually happened to her, she is showing me that she's willing to lie about things and to manipulate and to deceive because she's revealing this alleged sexual assault in the context of using it to to push forward lies that a senator tried to have her murdered, to push forward hyperbole and deceit. So that's why I have reason to doubt her because you are showing me you are a deceitful person, that you are capable of deceit. <clears throat> on such right. a, I'm not saying that I don't doubt her sincerity generally. Right, just let me 
finish this. Well, you don't have specific okay. evidence that she wasn't assaulted, is my point. No, of course I don't. I'm just saying I don't trust this woman further than I can throw her. And and if she was assaulted, the way she's choosing to reveal it is disgusting and in a deceitful manner. And she's using it to manipulate. She wants to talk about abusers. This is what abusers do. This is what manipulators do. This is what bullies do. Bullies do this. They, they what is it? Uh, my friend was telling me it's Davo. They reverse the order of victimhood. They make themselves the victim while they're bullying you. She is bullying Ted Cruz and others. She is saying they tried to murder her. And so what does she do? She reverses victim order, makes herself the supreme victim now. Oh, how convenient you're revealing sexual assault. I think you're disgusting and I think you're a liar. And I can't right. know that. I can't know that, right. of course. But I think you're gross. Right. And I think this right. is one of the – I previously thought the hyperbole – and saying that Ted Cruz tried to murder her was the grossest thing I'd ever seen her do until I saw this. This is well, disgusting. This is worse. <laughs> right. So um, someone said, watch Crowder. There's evidence. She didn't file a police report. There's no proof. That's not evidence. That's lack of evidence. So it's lack of evidence. It's like that's just lack of evidence. And and likely there is no evidence one way or another. So it's just a claim. We can't we can't validate the claim in its uh, isolation. But what we can do is say, well, let's look at a, put the put the validity of the claim aside. Let's see how the claim has been used, yeah. how it was presented, what context what context in which it was presented. Was it was it just said on you know a random Tuesday, unrelated to everything? I want to talk about this that happened to me and. I'm setting up a shelter for survivors of sexual abuse. No, it was brought up in the context of I really want to feel like I want you to perceive me as a victim. Yes. In this other scenario. So here's an example of an a, of something that is at least culturally unassailable. My victimhood status. Um, so I'm establishing my victimhood status in a way that you're not allowed to question. And for which obviously there'll be no evidence. And then I'm going to now I'm I'm going to piggyback on those emotions yeah. when I talk about being in the bathroom at a building that was not part of the riots when a cop was looking for me, yelling, Where is she? And yeah. how I felt like I was going to die. This is and, and I don't care if she, if this is a Democrat or Republican or whoever doing this. I think it doesn't matter to me. This is a, in my opinion, the way I read this is this is a deceitful, narcissistic bully doing this, trying to manipulate people. I don't care what party she's in. I think it's disgusting. And actually, can go, yeah. keep going, keep going. Sorry. Well, no, I mean, I mean I, I, it's funny because I have experience with a bully who did this exact same thing a few months ago who uh, said, revealed, revealed a sexual assault in the context of telling people while bullying me in the context of telling people that if they supported me, they were like raping her. <laughs> we're, uh, so insane and such obvious reversal of victim, victimhood there, whatever. It's, it's, I, it's disgusting. I don't care right. who does it. I don't care what your party status is. It doesn't matter to me that it's AOC. I don't have, I really evaluated it. I was, I was, because I, I don't actually have a lot of, um, I actually don't have a lot of hatred towards her. Like, remember all the times when she's come up on the show, and I've been like, "Why are we even talking about? Her? I don't even care about her." Like, I don't, I don't really notice her usually. I don't have. I know some people right. have, like, the equivalent of Trump derangement syndrome, but with her, I don't really even have that. Um, there are people I have that for, 
Like, uh, but you're not one of them. And and I like, and like I, David Hogg. I have that towards him. <laughs> right, right, right. I don't have that. But I, but I think she's. I I don't. And, I don't have the hatred for her any more right. than I dislike other people who spout the same ideology. But right. I do. Th- I actually think she's more worth talking about than you do because I think she is representative of an entire wave uh, of uh, a cultural movement. Um, and I think she's she's a. I don't think there's anything special about her necessarily, but I do think she is a a an archetype of an entire movement of rabid, self righteous social justice activists. Um, yes, which is and, I think well, is why she gets attention. Well, but, somebody in the chat. This is not a um, super chat, but someone in the chat. I'm sorry, I, I'm blanking on who because it scrolled by really fast. But they said. It was a woman who said this cheapens the account of all actual or all victims of sexual assault. And it does. And I and I can't stand the way in which she revealed this. If it is true, at the very least, she's guilty of of using it in a manipulative and duplicitous, deceitful way because she's using it as a weapon to bully someone else and to spread lies and slander about someone. Um, she's using it to bolster a ridiculous claim that Ted Cruz tried to have her murdered. It's it's disgusting. So right, I and that she actually feel, you know, yeah, she was fearing for her life, right? Yeah. Um, by the way, I, this is this is related. She made me think of. Um, there's two things I want to pause on before we even get to the reaction to this. Um, one is she made me. You ever, you ever watch the movie Clueless? Oh yeah. Okay, in Clueless, Ty, who was played by um, what's her name, Brittany Murphy, is oh, that yeah. her name? Yeah, I think so. Uh, there's a moment where Ty, Ty, like has this thing happen to her at the mall. And um, she describes it later as this, like, you know, she was afraid for her life because some kids were, like, dangling her kind of over a railing. It, it was a dangerous thing, but whatever. They're, play- they're horsing around in an unsafe way. And there's a scene after that where she's at the lunch table at high school. And she's just the center of attention now. And Cher is a little bit jealous because Cher had been the center of attention in the past. And Ty is, like totally playing into like I saw my life flash before my eyes and everyone's like totally interested in her near-death experience and how you know she was just totally building up all the drama and you could tell she was doing it because she loved the she She really craved the attention she wanted that attention and Cher was jealous because Cher had been the center of attention prior to that um by the way, I love that movie, which I know is not characteristic <laughs> of me, but it's an awesome movie. Uh, so, um, yeah, she made me think of that. She made me think of a a high school table, lunch table, with AOC sitting around the table saying, and then I was hiding in the bathroom door, and I, I felt my life flash before my eyes, and, and I don't know how long it was. It could have been one second or ten seconds. It was just, I thought I was going to die. And she goes on in this video to talk about how if she died at that moment, she would have, someone else would have carried her work on, and she was fulfilling her purpose, and blah, 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 blah. It was, it was comically dramatic, comically dramatic, to the point of, Probably more dramatic than the scene in Clueless. Yeah. So that's one thing that it made me think of. It's uh, The other thing is our favorite – it made me think of – um. you know our favorite uh, body language – was it body language ghost? Body language the, ghost. Yeah. Yes. So she did, the, did she do the smile when she revealed it? I don't know if she did the smile, but it made she me think – one thing. So I've, I've – in, in – um, Self-defense, uh, kind of situational awareness, de-escalation, use of uh, use of force classes. One of the things they teach you is 
when when there's someone approaching you, there's tells for their intention. If they're walking up like, hey, can I you know, borrow your phone or I need to do it, like whatever. They Often they approach with a benign request, right? And one of the tells, it's not a guarantee that they're up to no good, but one of the tells is touching their face, right? So they'll be like, you know, do this or kind of like that. Like they'll touch their face, right? They'll touch some, something up here gets touched while they're talking to you. Um, and it's kind of like a tell that they're they're being deceitful in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched this I watched this AOC video, and I I couldn't help but notice how many times she was doing this with her hair and touching her face and touching her hair and doing. She was like her hands were all over her face uh, the whole video, and so I pulled up this article just because I don't know anything about this. So I pulled up this article now. This is from Inc. This is old. I don't know how old it is. Uh, five signs someone's lying to you. I was just curious. What are the signs of deceitfulness from someone who knows body language? Five signs. They touch their face, mouth, or throat. Hmm. They repeat themselves. Now, she repeats herself a lot in this video. Uh, three, they pause before answering. This isn't really applicable because she wasn't having a conversation. Four, they look towards the door. I don't know if that's really applicable either because it's on video. And they don't blink. I didn't count her blinks. She does seem to have very, you know, deer in the headlights kind of eyes, but maybe she's blinking and I'm not noticing. But she, but definitely touching their face, mouth, or throat is indeed um, one of these one of these signs. I'm not saying I know that she's lying about everything that she's saying, but I, I am saying there are some reasons to believe based on her body language that she's deceitful yeah. and facts that we know which is that uh, <laughs> the way that she's presenting this, she left out yeah. key things. Like I wasn't in the actual building where anything was happening and like and, that kind of stuff. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but people in the chat are saying that Tim Poole did a video about her timeline being wrong as well. Um, okay. So go watch that. I'm going to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. But it, it is, yeah, I don't even need to know. The thing about body language, I find body language so interesting. Carter and I both watch this show called Body Language Goes because we're both interested. That's one of the, in the Venn diagram of our interests, that's one overlap area, but um, <laughs> it is. Uh, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't. It's not a. It's not conclusive. It's just a. No, it's not. Proof. It doesn't. It's not proof or anything. It's just. It could be useful, and it could be. Sometimes it's the kind of things that your gut will pick up on without even realizing it's picking up on body language, like the whole idea that you know when people are standing in a room with their arms crossed, they're kind of like closed off emotionally and maybe to what you're saying too. Whereas if you, if their arms are open, they're more open. Um, Things like that. I find really interesting, but yeah, it, I don't even need the body language clues to, I I can just look at what she did, which again, not to belabor it, but she revealed this in the context of spreading lies and hyperbole and dangerous um, polarization, irresponsible rhetoric from a congressman. And that's yep. repulsive. That's just repulsive to me. So yeah, no, and, a- and absolutely. Also, I'm just piling it on to all I, the other yeah, stuff, right? Can I also comment on this too? Um, I also wanted to say that in general, because of the the mainstream of social justice that has happened, and specifically the uh, intersectional feminist part of the social justice ideology that's become very popular, we've reached this place where. Now, like with everything, they don't follow their own rules. 
But one of their rules, one of their tenets that they hold everyone else to, the standard they hold everyone else to is you must always believe women, always believe women. They don't follow their own rules. They don't believe Tara Reid, for example. They don't, you know, if it's a woman, they they don't believe, they don't believe any woman who's not woke, but they apply this rule and they claim to believe in it um, when it, uh, you know, in order to say that you can't question women who are, who are in the, the woke uh, church so they did this with the Kavanaugh hearings, for example. They just wanted us to take the accuser's word for it at face value, no due process. And that's bull crap. Like, that's just crap. Women, a newsflash, we are just as capable of evil and we're just as capable of good as men. You know, Margaret Atwood, one of my favorite writers, she kind of del- dipped her toe into this and she wrote a piece about this and how um, – uh, a, a fellow professor was being um, mobbed basically by allegations that had no proof and, and the college was requiring no proof. And, you know, she sort of was, she was saying women are not angels, but this ideology is pushing the, this really dangerous belief that, um, that, you know, we must believe, we must believe a woman. No, I believe evidence. That's what I believe. And, women are just as capable of lying as men are just as capable of evil as men. And if you, if you, if you push, if you push the idea that we're not like you're, you're not a serious person or you are yourself engaging in deceit. I know women and the women in my life, the friends, like my friends, we, we know women who have lied about abuse, who have lied about rape. Yes. I know women who have done this. (laughs) Women, are just as capable of evil as men. Well, of course, and you know that they don't actually believe that anyway, because when when someone accuses they don't someone believe on their it. side, yeah. they don't they dismiss yeah. those accusations out of hand and and say that you know that couldn't possibly be or that person's making it up. They're politically motivated, blah blah blah. So, um, okay, so let so this is what she did. Um, oh my gosh, there's a cat what? up in my tree, like really high up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> This is what she did. <laughs> Twitter reacted to this because Twitter's Twitter. So Twitter ha- came up with this hashtag, which was Alexandria Ocasio Smollett or Smollett. If you pronounce Target Target, you can pronounce it Smollett, Smollett and pretend it's French. So, uh, you know, people, first people were just pointing out some stuff um, like, she wasn't in the Capitol building. <laughs> uh, here's someone saying, here's the Daily Beast. Representative AOC's incredibly raw and emotional Instagram video, live video is possibly the most vivid and terrifying account yet of last month's Trumpist insurrection at the U.S. Capitol building. And Sarah Carter points out, AOC was not in the U.S. Capitol building during January 16th riot. And here's a picture of AOC doing her thing, uh, as she did with Kids in Cages. So, um... You know, this this hashtag went on. There was a lot of uh, <laughs> mocking her, um, near-death experience, blah, blah, blah. This hashtag <laughs> got popular. So how did she respond? How did she respond? Well, this letter went out to her supporters. As we speak, right-wing operatives with millions of followers, <laughs> I love the word operatives, right-wing operatives with millions of followers on social media are spreading flat-out lies and misleading information about Alexandria. 
But with your help, we can force force Twitter and Facebook to take action and enforce their own rules. Oh, yes. What's so frustrating about these attacks is that once the truth comes out, so few people get to hear it. Hundreds of thousands or potentially millions of people will have already seen or shared this misleading tweets. The misleading tweets are fake news articles. They're calling for you. Scan your social media feeds. Don't tweet it yourself. And report these tweets to Facebook and Twitter. That's what they're asking there. She sent out this letter asking her followers to stop this. <laughs> to stop Alexandria Ocasio-Smollett from, from trend, trending. Which we know. Like. We know Twitter does. Twitter routinely will right. get rid of trending hashtags, which are funny and point out the truth of something if it goes against their the SJW narrative. She also she also compared yeah. herself to a veteran, which I find disgusting. Um, yes, she did. That. And that's a tweet I just sent you. She said. All I can think of with folks like her dishonestly claiming that survivors are exaggerating are the stories of veterans and survivors in my community who denied themselves care they need and deserve because they internalize voices like her saying they that what they went through wasn't bad enough. Um, I think she ended up deleting that one because people rightly were were pointing out how gross that is to compare herself to a veteran. She, I like well, how that's they the inspiration for our play. cover art today, though, right? Yeah, yeah, veterans and survivors, and she's a survivor, right? Like, so I'm in yep. this group of veterans and survivors. It's so, yep. it's so, you're stealing on, you're stealing valor in a way. Yep. I mean, maybe not officially, but you're trying to steal it. You're putting yourself in that group that you did, you weren't a part of. Like, I don't know. Yep. I, I don't find anything lately. Like I said, I, I haven't been one of those people who had some kind of axe to grind with her. I didn't really have any, um, I, I don't know. She just didn't set herself apart to me anyway, in terms of someone that really annoyed me like David Hogg does. <laughs> but now, now I'm like reevaluating. Now I'm like, this woman's disgusting. <laughs> well, I think people who understood anything about economics were annoyed by her for a long time because it's, she's so self-righteous in her, uh, and so confident. She's so confident in her ignorance about so many things that it's, it can, like you were talking about the other day, the, the kind of ignorance mixed the the ignorance mixed with self-assured confidence or arrogance uh, I think that's why a lot of people dislike her but let's do a fact check let's let one of our fact checkers tell us hey did AOC exaggerate the danger she was in let's ask <laughs> Snopes Snopes will oh, tell no. us oh thank you Snopes <laughs> thanks Snopes let's see AOC was targeted with another round of bad faith smears after giving an emotional firsthand account of her experiences during the Capitol riot. Oh, wow. Okay, let's see. Let's <laughs> scroll down. Here's the queen. Claim. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez exaggerated the danger. So let's be clear. The claim is that she exaggerated the danger she was in during the January 6th Capitol riot in that she wasn't even in the Capitol building when the rioting occurred. So the claim is people are saying she exaggerated it because she wasn't in the building. So she wasn't actually in a lot of danger because she wasn't there. So she was <laughs> exaggerating. That's the claim. Let's see how Snopes rates this. Oh, it's false. It's mostly false. I, it's like mostly peaceful. It's mostly, mostly false. Mostly false means false. It's just Right. It's mostly false. It, well, um, mostly false means true, I think. 
just like yeah, mostly, no, mostly false means true. Just like mostly, peaceful mostly peaceful means, means was means not peaceful, right? So mostly false, mostly false. How's this mostly? How's it mostly false? What? Here's the true part. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> the important part is the true part. Ocasio Cortez wasn't in the Capitol building. <laughs> Where the House and Senate chambers are located. They admit it. They admit it. Okay. So the true part is the actual part. The whole core argument is the true part. The false part is, is what? She never claimed to be in the Capitol building. So that's not the smear. The smear is not, no one's saying she claims to be in the Capitol building. They're saying she exaggerated the danger she was in because she wasn't in the Capitol building. So... Thank you, Snopes. Snopes has decided uh, that it's mostly false. In the, um, in the even chat. though mostly false means it's entirely true. But without Vegas, Vegas Royal in the chat, I just want to say this is not a super uh-huh. chat, but Vegas Royal says I mostly pay my bills. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love. Do you remember when we? I did like this quick, like two minute, maybe. 30-second video where we did uh, the mostly peaceful riots and that scene yes. from Aliens. I love that scene from Aliens. They mostly ever, they mostly only come out at night. Mostly. Mostly. Um, but but uh, here we go. Um, I love, I just want to say this. I, I love the Babylon Bee. <laughs> this is not a real story in case anyone's not aware that the Babylon Bee is satire. AOC now claims she was killed in the Capitol riots and is now a ghost. <laughs> uh, this picture is the best. Look at her eyes. <laughs> it's so silly. It's so silly. It's so silly. And you know what? Snopes is going to debunk this. <laughs> I'm sure. I haven't looked it up, but I'm sure that there's a Snopes article or there will be soon. About oh my that being false, <laughs> that she wasn't killed. She's not Wait. a ghost. Wait, I saw another one from them that's worth uh, putting up here. I'm sending it to you right now. Also about the same, also about this. Wait, where are you sending these? Because I didn't get the last one you said you were sending. I'm sending this on Signal. Boom, there you go. Uh, I don't know, for some reason my Signal, oh, there it is. That one showed up, okay. Uh, I got is- to download it so people don't see the... Signal messages. Okay, this is also from the Babylon Bee. <laughs> they they do get quote unquote debunked by Snopes. They're they satire site. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they is do it, get debunked. It's they so do. dumb. We are living in. I the love that they get dumbest by dumbest timeline. Yeah. All right. Well, here let's take a look at the one that you just sent me. It says, for those listening, the Babylon Bee says, help, I've been shot in a violent attack, she screamed as Ted Cruz gave her the customary Texas greeting of finger guns. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, just for pure entertainment, I love that she's around. (laughs) I got to be honest. Finger guns. (laughs) Look at her holding her heart. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> okay thank well, you Babylon B for the laughs <laughs> that was a good one yeah um <laughs> all right let's let's um I need before that, we move I just, on I do need that I need that levity because 
she really otherwise she really does what i all of this all of this lying this hyperbole this manipulation this bullying it makes me it makes me so angry and so i need to let the anger go so i really i really especially appreciate those the babylon b at times like this jason in in chat says that uh <laughs> the babylon b has been fact checked by snopes over 40 times now so that's amazing that's, uh, that's the world win. let's do a couple super chats um all right so uh azor says aoc denied an austrian from the vienna art school um i don't even know what that means denied an austrian from the vienna oh yeah still don't know what it means uh, uh this is not a super chat, but Scott says okay. Scott says those look like hollow point fingers. I wonder if those are assault fingernails. <laughs> they might be. They, they should be registered. Um, let's see. Why bother? Says hello, fellow wrong thinkers. Uh, glad that final. Glad we finally have time to catch a live show again. Glad that. If, Yay! Yeah, Roger Haynes gives us a thumbs up as a super chat sticker. Um, and Roger. let's see, we I think I showed this one AOC with old jangling shiny keys method. Uh, yes, it's, a, it's an effective Hi, method. Azar. Uh, Here's so. something I learned from the Unsafe Space Discord group. Azur has a bearded dragon as a pet. Oh. Which is kind of cool. Okay. I don't know enough about bearded dragons, but uh, they look pretty cool. I know they like uh, greens to eat, and it's an unusual pet to have. Anyway. It is. Uh, let's see. Hold on. There's a few more here. Um, AOC reminds me of the Monty Python scene where the guy claims he was turned into a newt. When everyone looks at him, he says, well, I got better. That was from Blackbeard. Yes. Yes. Uh, that That is a good, uh, Blackbeard. good AOC analogy. Um, I got better. Let's see. Uh, G Man says, "Why would she hide behind the bathroom door? Don't bathrooms have locks in DC? Just shut up and lock the door." She's trying to create a narrative out of a horror movie. AOC is abusing her simps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can abuse simps, but okay. Um, Adam like Coleman says, "AOC is the perfect distraction." From what the war machine is doing, Biden ended the deal with the Taliban for withdrawal. Surprise! Four war years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. See, Adam, you good point, Adam. That's a good point, and that's kind of the reason why previously I've always just ignored her. Is I just think she's a big distraction from what's important. But this really, this is this was very important to me because of how I think she's furthering the destruction of effective communication, and she's furthering um, people just people that follow her and people on the left having insane narratives, just insane. And I don't know. I thought it was worth talking about, but you're right. There's, she is a big distraction. Yeah. Um, so that was Adam, uh, Coleman. Coleman. Uh, I'll fight you naked helps clarify. Austrian art school is a reference to the leader. I'm not going to say it on the channel because if we're going to worry about YouTube, Reference to the leader of Germany following the Weimar Republic. Hmm. Um, TPS says only debunk needed is 
Babylon B is satire. Snopes is stupid. Well, <laughs> I agree with you on both counts. Uh, although I would add an adjective, Babylon B is priceless, awesome satire. This job. is not a super chat, but Callum Purvis has an interesting question. It says, do we have to rely on our leaders to guide the people and how to think? Well, no, I don't think we should. I think we have a lot of really um, irresponsible, destructive leaders. But with with power, with leadership, it's someone like uh, with a platform like she has or like a lot of elected officials have, it's like that. Is it Spider-Man quote? With with great power comes great responsibility, and th- people do listen to them. People do follow them. They do shape the discourse, and and I think that's a shame because especially because there are so many who are willing to just engage in in this kind of irresponsible, destructive behavior because, like you said, Carter, because it's productive for what her end goals are. Right. Her end goals being social justice ideology, being power. I mean, power above all else. That's what they worship. That's I think she. Wor- I think yeah. she worships power, and Absolutely. wants power. Yeah. Now, at I, any cost. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Carrie. What? I think she's actually. I think she's interesting to study. I mean, I, I think that. Why do you think she's? she gets so much attention and why do you think she's so popular? Because she like Trump uh, knows how to use social media effectively and get attention on it and to exploit the toxic elements of it and the negative, you know, the, 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 those kind of elements to use them to her advantage. She's very good with social media. I think she also gets attention because she's young and she's a woman and, you know, those things carry a lot of value. If you are woke, they don't care if you're young and a woman or a woman of color, if you're not woke, they, they'll love If you're Candace Owens, they'll attack you. But within the ideology, if you, those things carry value and they make her more valuable to them. Um, yeah. And the same with the whole squad. It's like part of the reason yeah. they are getting the boost that they're getting in, in, by the cathedrals because they are, they check off a lot of the marginalized boxes. So they're very, they're more valuable to them than a white guy who pushes the belief system. Yeah. I, I don't think you're wrong, especially about her social media usage. Um, she's, she is adept at it. Although, uh, yeah, I mean, I think she is adept at it. I, w- I was thinking though, um, you know, Politicians generally have no principles, like zero. Um, and I think and, – and the approval rating and, and people's opinions of, of politicians for decades uh, I think attests to the perception of that at least, right? That like no one trusts politicians. <laughs> I mean in every – in movies, they're, they're, they're viewed as corrupt and, and, and lacking principles. We've got a – a general society that's kind of turned nihilistic anyway. Um, and in the absence, in, in the absence of any kind of principled discussion about anything, I think someone who comes along and even if it's their fake principles, because I don't think she's actually very principled, but she has the facade 
of a principled self-righteous reaction to things. I think that's attractive to people. Um, I think people like that. They want to see this is why this is why leaders like Malcolm X, for example, mm. were so influential because even if what he was saying was bothersome to a lot of people and but at the end of his life, actually, he was much more reasonable. Uh, you know, earlier on, he, he was definitely uh, more of a black supremacist. But, um, you know, he was it's the yeah. I mean, early, early okay. on when he was when he was speaking for the nation of Islam, he was. Yeah, oh, okay. absolutely. Um, but uh, but after his 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 pilgrimage to Mecca, he changed and started working with other civil rights leaders like Martin Luther King, whatever. Uh, and then he was killed. Uh, but um, I, it's that, it's that, it's that appeal to moral values that, that I think politicians try and skirt around. They're afraid to take principled stands on things. And I don't think she takes a necessarily consistent principle stand, but if you see how she speaks she uses language that mimics uh, a principled response to things. Yes. Um, and she does it very uh, – she does it with a lot of confidence. Yeah. And I don't think the people on the right uh, – or I'll even say sm- – like not even the right because I don't like the right-left thing. I don't think the anti-woke group does that very often. There's not a lot of anti-woke people who will stand on principle and loudly proclaim on principle – their disagreement and make um, value judgments it's and make value like judgments. They're afraid to make value judgments sometimes. And when people do start making value judgments, I mean, look at James Lindsay's Twitter feed. He has been under relentless, constant assault for the past couple of weeks where people who, um, people who are fighting, who are also fighting wokeness, um, are now joining in with some of the attacks that I would say, that have been slung at him by those in bad with bad faith. And they're, and I don't know if it's for fear of being guilt by association with someone who's being targeted or if it's because they are cowards or because they really do agree with some of those things, but they're starting to, because he's passionate and because he does speak in value judgments, they're starting to say, he's like, you know, Oh, he's gone off the rails or he's mad or whatever. I'm like, really? Cause can you point to something he said that's mad? I, I I haven't seen a single thing. Can you point to something that's gone? He seems to be the only thing that the, the thing that's is setting him apart right now um, is I think he's doing exactly what is needed and which few are willing to do is he's speaking with passion and making value judgments about this ideology and uh, and he's speaking without fear. But that's and what that, makes him both a target and makes him popular. Just yes. like AOC is both a target and popular. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's important. I, uh, like I, I, I don't think she's actually speaking from values, but I think speaking from values and making value judgments and standing on principle is important. She is mimicking it. There are that's people what, who mimic it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. She's mimicking it. But look at the people who But even who the mimicking actually, is, is – Work works well. The, mimic, the mimicking can work, yeah. But look at the people who actually do it. What ha- tends to happen um, when they're on the when they're arguing against wokeism? The reason I brought up James is like, look at people who are speaking against SJW ideology when they do argue with passion and from a, a place where they're not afraid, a place where they don't have fear, and a place where they are not afraid to make value judgments. Um, they're more likely to get uh, sacrificed or to have people pile on them 
Um, and I think part of that comes from fear. I think part of that comes from if you are a person who has a lot of fear of the mob or of what people think or of being exiled or whatever, and you see someone who doesn't have that fear, sometimes it like, I think it can spark that fear in you. Like, I, Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I mean, Clarissa in chat says they really turned on him when he said he was voting for Trump, right? And that's- Yeah, they did. With James, right? Yeah. Because somehow um, that, again, we're living in a crazy town where they're selling us insane narratives. And one of those insane narratives is that if you vote for Trump, somehow you're beyond the pale and you're deplorable and you're, that's ridiculous. I know several progressives who voted for Trump this time. I know several liberals like myself who voted for Trump this time. And there is nothing beyond the pale or deplorable. He was, in my opinion, the best, most liberal option. And right. Uh, to to pretend like we're in some fantasy world where he's he's like an authoritarian dictator or, or all the crazy stuff they try to say it's like that you're just not living in reality i don't i don't i was I, the man has flaws i mean obviously but i'm not going to be forced into your ridiculous binary of like either he is satan or i must be a maggot who's swilling kool-aid no neither of those right. things are true <laughs> <laughs> right. right. But there's not room for nuance when there's fear. And the fear is, yeah. especially for the people around James Lindsay, I think, Lindsay, um, the fear, especially if you're in academia or anywhere in that realm, it, it's a it's a fear of being associated with Trump at all, because that's a yeah. that's a it's one thing to be anti-woke. It's another to be associated with Trump in some way, even if it's a tangential. I don't like the guy, but I'm going to vote for him because he's better than the other guy. Like even that's not enough. Or even that's not, you know, not good. Let's do a few more uh, super chats. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop sends us a super chat that I would say is a mic drop, uh, which says, love you guys. I wonder if AOC's reality is compatible with the newest Oculus Quest. Is that the uh-huh. virtual reality game? It, it, it's a, it's, yeah, it's a virtual reality system, yeah. Um, I'll fight you naked says we're getting a ministry of truth. I'm excited. I assume you're referring to the New York times article, which I was appalled by and did tweet about, uh, if anyone hasn't seen this, I don't have it in front of me, but Carrie, did you see this, uh, suggestion that we have a truth czar? No, but wait, hold on one second. Uh, Chris just says that I'm announced. I just announced that I'm non-binary. Well, yes, he's talking about, the way they try to force oh. us into these fake binaries of right and left and these fake binaries of, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's true. There is, there, they have this binary about Trump. That's ridiculous. Um, right, no geez. good dad joke. Yeah, it is a dad joke. I did not see that New York times article. I would like to talk about it. You can tell me about it. And then I also want to talk about the time article. I, yes, we have, I have the time article pulled up. I didn't think to pull up the other one, but what I'll do is just pull up my, uh, I'll just pull up my Twitter. We don't really have to talk about it too much. It's just an unconscionable, uh, I mean, <laughs> it sounds like ministry of truth. Yeah. So I'm just going to read, I'll just read this part of the, I won't, I won't pull up the whole article. I'll just show you this part, this excerpt that, uh, I screenshotted. This is one of the recommendations from the New York times. Uh, it's an opinion piece, I think, but, uh, appoint a reality czar. This is a real suggestion printed wow. in our gray lady. Uh, wow. Several experts I spoke with recommend that ex- experts, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> F you and your experts. 
Several experts well, I spoke with recommended that the Biden administration put together a cross-agency task force to tackle disinformation and domestic extremism, which would be led by something like a reality czar. Yes, excellent <laughs> idea. George Orwell is applauding you as we speak. Awesome idea. Thank you. Thank wow. you for that idea. I assume that's what's being referred to. Also available on the Oculus. Um, I mean, I'm at the point where maybe I'm becoming more of a collapsitarian than I used to be, but go ahead. Make a ministry of truth. Make it as obvious as possible for the sheep who insist on remaining blind. Make it glaringly. Don't just don't just have a reality czar. Call it ministry of truth. Please, please call it that. So because they can't see it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, just help them oh, out. it's not a ministry of truth, Carrie. It's a reality czar. Those are totally oh, different. Okay, okay. Jesus, Gosh. how can you confuse those? One is for good. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. Trump a reality czar? Didn't he have a reality show? <laughs> he did have a reality show. I guess he's more of a reality czar than than an actual <laughs> reality czar. Um, yeah. Okay, um, you know, wait, you know, one thing, can I just, I'm going to sort of point yeah. this out. Uh, I don't know, I'll save it for another time. Never mind. It's a long, it's too long. Uh, B. Allen gives us five bucks and says, many of those arrested for the mostly peaceful protest at the Capitol were identified from their own posts on social media. Humility equals freedom. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe don't brag about it and it's harder for them to catch you. Uh, yeah. Kevin Collins says New Mexico has a bill currently pending to criminalize parents for teaching their children to use firearms. I saw that. Ah, uh, America. You've got to be I kidding me, that. really? No, I saw that. <clears throat> it's awful. Wait, I don't, I don't even understand. Like, then they won't know gun safety. <laughs> then they're more likely to accidentally kill Harder people. by any means necessary. That's what they believe. Oh, my God. You know what? Okay. I was going to talk about this later, but can we pause here then? Yeah. Well, wait, we'll do one more because I've got one more queued up here, which is Pirate Tomsky uh, says uh, Ibram X. Kendi might be canceled because he said it would be horrifying if his daughter was trans and how society must protect children from gender ideas. Welcome to the left eating their own. I did not hear that. Um, I didn't know he said that. I didn't either. Um, I'm going to look that up. Thank you, Pirate Talk. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, I just I wanted to bring this up. <sighs> I, sometimes I don't even know what to say about some of this stuff. Okay. Uh, <laughs> have you seen the uh, Biden's gun control bill stuff? I know you've seen this. You've got to have. To yes. Um, yes. One of the things that is there's a lot wrong with this, but let's just pick on one thing. The first gun control bill that Biden will push in his first 100 days would make gun makers and sellers civilly liable for misuse of guns they sell. That means people could sue manufacturers whenever a crime, accident, or suicide occurs with a gun. Now, this reminded me of something. This, I, I guess uh, – I don't know if this is – yeah, this reminded me of something. Um, I wrote an article in Capitalism Magazine when I was in my 20s, so <clears throat> a long time ago, um, about this. Uh, this court case, um, Brico Jennings was a manufacturer that made the Saturday night specials and they were sued and won 
the 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 person suing them won in California civil court. So they were ordered to pay fifty million dollars to a sixteen year old um, who became a quadriplegic. Now, what happened in this? Without going into this article too much, I don't want to reread an article from you know almost twenty years ago. Uh, gun. I can't. I can't even believe this was true, but it it was. Uh, the babysitter pointed the weapon at the kid. He pointed the gun, and he put his finger on the trigger while he was fumbling to unload the weapon. And so what he did was point the gun at the kid and press the trigger. And what happened? Carrie, what happens when you point a gun at someone and press the trigger? It lets Mm. the safeties on. Right. We know. Yeah. It works. (laughs) The gun worked. Shot the kid. Now the the kid became a quadriplegic. They sued the gun manufacturer, saying it was a design flaw. You could have made it more safe. You shouldn't have had to take the safety off, blah, 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 blah. Now, uh, and they won. Wow. Now, there was a law after this passed. And look, this is, this is by the way, this is an article from NPR, so not necessarily so pro-gun, as you might imagine. This is an article from NPR from 2015, fact-checking Hillary Clinton during that uh, election cycle. And in this election cycle, she says, so far as I know, the gun industry and gun sellers are the only business in America that is totally free of liability for their behavior. Nobody else is given that immunity. And that just illustrates the extremism that has taken over this debate. Now, that's uh, crazy. It, yes, it is crazy. Um, and uh, <laughs> for a couple of reasons, in fact, if you're interested in corporate liability, take a look at the liability of companies who manufacture vaccines. You will be horrified uh, because they actually are probably one of the only businesses that are totally free of liability. But um, she says gun in- gun industry is is free of liability. Even even NPR is like that's not true. Um, but they, they do point to this act, which, which happened after, so the Brico Jennings case was in 2003. After this, there was the Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act. And this basically prevents you from suing gun manufacturers unless uh, their product is defective, right? So the, 20, the 2005 law, which we just mentioned, the whatever it's called, whatever I just said, Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act does not prevent gun makers from being held liable for defects in their design. So you can sue them if the design is defective. Like car makers, gun makers can be sued for selling a defective product. The problem isn't that gun violence victims often want the problem is that gun violence victims often want to hold gun makers liability liable for the criminal misuse of a properly functioning product. In other words, if you aim and fire a gun at an attacker, it's doing what it was intended to do. If it explodes while you shoot and hurts you, though, then you can sue the manufacturer. So she's saying when when Hillary was claiming they have no liability, and this is a lie that, I don't know, I doubt Snopes is going to fact check this. Maybe they will. Someone can look, look it up. This is a lie that's going around like, oh, gun, gun sellers have no liability. Um, what they mean by that is people who manufacture guns aren't liable for criminals who shoot people. That's true, nor should they be. But- Biden, going back to what Biden wants to do, um, 
he wants to make gun makers and sellers civilly liable for the misuse of the guns they sell. Now, I have a question. <clears throat> can we can can people in the Middle East sue them for supplying guns to the United States military? Because that would be interesting. This whole thing is just, I mean, this whole thing pisses me off. Obviously, what's this do to manufacturers? I mean, they'll be exempt from any military use, obviously, even if military misuses. But, uh, yeah, this is, this is, uh, this, this puts an industry out of business. You can't be liable for people misusing your product. That first article that you pulled up, can you pull it up again? Because I just wanted to, I was going to say something, but why not just read it from the piece? Because they nailed it. The real clear politics one? Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. Hold on. They nailed it. So down here. Yeah, they compared it to cars, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, can you imagine what would happen to the car or other products if similar rules were to apply? Some 4.5 million Americans are injured each year in car accidents and 40,000 die when accidents occurred because a driver wasn't paying attention or was driving recklessly. It makes no sense to sue Ford for lost wages, medical costs and pain and suffering. Criminals also frequently use cars when they commit crimes. Why should car companies be liable for that? Computers are used to plan crimes hack into private servers, and steal intellectual property. If Apple were held liable, it would very quickly be drowning in lawsuits. If the company even survived, its products would become much more expensive in order to cover the new legal fees. Guns aren't any different. So here's the thing is, the the title of this article says it's a flaw, a flaw in Biden's gun policy. It's It's not a flaw. It's by design. Here's the only thing the article gets wrong is it's not a flaw. It's by design. What they're trying to do with this new legislation is to make guns so expensive that you can't afford them or to put all of the gun companies out of business because they can't afford the liability. So they would never do this to any other product. They would not do it to cars. They would not do it to computers. They would not name any, any because it would put those products, it would put those companies that make those products out of business, or it would make that product so expensive that you as a citizen couldn't afford it. Um, this is a by any means necessary kind of legislation. And it is to come back to it again, my biggest pet is deceitful. It is deceitful and dishonest. Well, it's it's what we were talking about earlier when you said like, uh, when you said something about AOC is is she's not, I don't know what you said like not being productive. It's like well, it depends on her goal. What her goals are. This is, this is not a design flaw in 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 Biden's legislation. It's the goal. It's don't goal. don't pretend that the people who wrote that don't know exactly what will happen. They know exactly what. That's why it's there. Yeah. That's why it's there. That's why they're doing it. So um, they always, they always, they always disarm. Totalitarian, authoritarian governments always disarm their citizens. This is this yeah. is a, this is a, a. It's not a flaw. It's not a bug. It's a feature. Like they are by any means necessary. The cathedral wants to take away our right to defend ourselves. Yeah, our and right. by the way, since yeah. since you brought it up, let's list some other things in this agenda that he's got. 
classifying sem- many semi-automatic rifles and magazines holding more than 10 bullets as Class Three weapons. Uh, those are the ones you need an NFA license and blah, 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 pay a $200 fee. Crazy. You know? That's crazy. Right? Which is like, for some guns, it's like a 50, that's like a 50%, <laughs> almost a 50% tax. National gun licensing. That's the registry. That's that's where they that's how they know where to go when they want to confiscate. That this it always starts with the National Gun Registry, always. And and so far, one of the good things that that liberty minded people have done, at least, is successfully prevented this. There has yes. not been a national gun registry yet. Uh, but man, are they gonna push for it? Um and red flag laws that let judges take away people's guns without a hearing, background checks on the private transfer of guns, and bans on some semi-automatic firearms that happen to look like military weapons. That's an old one that we hear all the time. So that's his agenda. It's pretty <clears> – <throat> well, I mean it's it's exactly it's, what you'd expect from radical anti-gun authoritarian. And, and you know how they're going to sell this. This is how they sell everything. It's 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 just a, they have a blueprint for it now, and we know exactly what to uh, look for. They are going to sell it with weaponized empathy. They are going to sell it the same way they sold authoritarianism when it came to lockdowns and mass mandates. They are going to say, you don't care about people. You want people to die. You're horrible, evil people if you don't support this authoritarianism. If you don't support this, you're an evil person who doesn't care if people die. How could you be right. opposed to gun deaths? How could you be opposed to school shootings? How could you be? It's, it is deceitful. It's just right. and, and manipulative and bullying and all of those things. And don't, I mean, just get ready for it. I'd say get, we need to get ready. We need to get so grounded in, in, in truth and in fearlessness and courage. And, in what we talked about earlier, we need to get grounded in, in um, the, the confidence that comes with being willing to make value judgments so that they can't use us and manipulate our empathy and and use our fear and manipulate our fear to get us to fall in line with authoritarianism. They do not hold up the moral high ground. They're authoritarians. They want to take away our liberty and our individual rights. They want to strip you and your neighbor of your rights. So they do not get to claim the moral high ground that they care about people and they care about don't let them take that moral high ground. You own it. You own that moral high ground. Don't let them twist things around. Don't be afraid of these bullies. And they're going to do the same thing with guns. You don't care about people. They well, don't they've been doing the same thing with guns them. forever. They've been yeah. doing it forever. Yeah, they're going to they, keep pushing it, right? And just like, you know, <clears throat> you can see whenever, whenever the left wants some government power of some kind, you know, you'll see NPR and the mainstream media. Suddenly, there'll all be all these human interest stories where yeah. they go and find people affected negatively by the status quo, and the implication will be that um, the only solution is moving in the direction proposed by the left. So, um, for example, when they uh, when they want health care, right? When during the Obamacare thing, NPR was riddled with stories about yeah. 
here's single mom Tiffany and her yeah. child Jasmine and Tiffany works two jobs and blah 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 Tiffany can't afford healthcare and poor Jasmine here's Jasmine crying Jasmine has a disease called likes to sleep whatever it is doesn't matter and and they'll maybe cancer maybe something real and big and they'll describe the 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 trials and tribulations of Tiffany and Jasmine and everyone will all the NPR listeners right their heart they'll just be like cutting their hearts open so they can bleed all over the place and be like ah we have to do something we need Obamacare ah. right um and there's never any those human interest stories never ever ask questions like why is healthcare so expensive was it always this expensive is gov did the government did maybe past things that the government's done to intrude on the healthcare and pharmaceutical industries contribute to this particular problem that we have? <laughs> like, hey, uh, why is Tiffany a single mother? Was the state involved in any way in, yeah. and in creating that environment? Never. They never ask about any – there's never any exploration of other possible reasons for the sob story. The sob story is presented as um, evidence that something is wrong – if you don't agree that with the solution, you don't you you have no empathy for that person. That's that's the purpose of the sob story. It's we want Obamacare. Here's Tiffany and Jasmine. If you if you don't want Obamacare, you don't care about Tiffany and Jasmine, you yeah. heartless bastard. That's what it's about. And that's what they'll do <laughs> with guns. They'll find like yeah. here's here's little Johnny. Johnny lost his eyesight because his friend, you know. Shot the gun that his dad left and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And Johnny's, okay, gun, guns cause violence, blah, 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 blah. Don't you, don't you care about Johnny? We need to have this. We need to have that. Here, it's, it's, all of it is pseudo-intellectualism. It is just, it's not even, it's not even pseudo-intellectualism. I take that back. It's just emotional manipulation. It's pure, it's pure sob stories designed for one purpose. They never question Anything that's, that runs counter to the agenda and what they want, the agenda they want is always presented as the solution. And you'll see this, you know, when people ask about, bi like sometimes people are like, I don't really think NPR is biased. I listen to the news and they don't like, <laughs> like just listen to the stories, what stories they choose and how they talk about it. That's the bias. The bias is in the selection and the presentation of the material. It's yep. the don't be a moron. The bias isn't not, they're not standing up saying, we think we should ban all guns, blah, 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 blah. You know, we hate people who hunt. That's, they're not that dumb. Apparently you're that dumb, but they're not that dumb. They yeah. know not to do that. They just pick stories that pull at the heartstrings of soccer moms and get them to pull the donkey lever. That's what they do. That's what they do. Open your eyes and see that it's the selection of stories and the way they're presented that the moves emotions in this country and gets people to go vote for these leaders who will implement the authoritarian measures that the entire cathedral wants in the first place. Yeah. They've been on since uh, June and July, they've been on a constant and longer than that, but really stepped it up. Obviously in June and July, they have been on a constant cherry picking, emotional, um, dishonest, narrative thing where they highlight every story they can find. They're just constantly searching for a story of a black person being killed by the police, but it doesn't fit the statistics. They're selling you a narrative that doesn't fit the stats. The narrative is false. And look at what they don't do. They don't go out and cherry pick 
Um, like some people on the right do, they don't go out and cherry pick stories of immigrants killing and raping people and present those to, sh- to sell you a narrative of immigrants being rapists. They don't do that. Some people on the right do that. Um, but the media, this huge machine, this huge legacy media machine and big social machine, the two of them in, in collusion are constantly selling us narratives based on cherry-picked emotional stories, individual stories. They're trying to sell you a lie about what the large story is. Um, they they also do this with uh, the way they report on things in just the language that they choose to use, not just the stories they highlight, but the language. I just right. sent you, this is from Sal the Agorist, who, if you haven't seen it, we actually got to interview him once. He's really great at meme making. He cracks me up sometimes because he's always pointing out the truth and with memes, with humor. And frankly, I'm surprised he hasn't been banned from Twitter yet. But uh, he posted this on Twitter the other day, Sal the Agorist. And it's a headline. And I I did a quick search um, and I found multiple uses of this phrase in all different kinds of legacy media. It's propaganda. They're using this phrase uh, overflow facility for migrant children. So this headline says, this is from CNN, Bi- Biden administration prepares to open overflow facility for migrant children. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then what is, <laughs> and then and then he's got a little picture of Winnie the Pooh looking like man, and it says uh, kids in cages. And then he has Winnie the Pooh looking fancy and a, a little bit better than you. And Winnie the Pooh says, unaccompanied migrant children in overflow facilities. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Sal. Thank you, Sal. Do you guys see, I mean, sometimes I post stuff like this on the mainstream platforms. I'm still on like on Facebook because I know, I know I hear every week. I still hear from normies or from people who've bought into NPCs who bought into the mainstream bullshit propaganda narrative. They still comment on my stuff. So uh, whenever I start to, uh, Whenever I start to think incorrectly that it's only people agree with me who follow anymore, I'm wrong. I'm proved wrong because they come out of the woodwork every week, which is good. I'm glad they're still following me. So sometimes I talk to them. I'm like, I post this. I'm like, do you see it yet? Do you not see it? Can't you see it? You can't see how they're using you and manipulating you? Yeah. And and by the way, kids in- That's an excellent one. Yeah, that's an excellent one. That's a great example of manipulation. Look up that phrase. Kids in overflow facilities, migrants in overflow yep. facilities. It's everywhere now. They all use the same language when they're trying to manipulate you. What was everywhere when it, when Trump was in office? Kids in cages. That was everywhere. Right. But yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. Um, <laughs> I did want to bring up one point. You were talking about the emis- the emotional manipulation they do and about how they cherry pick these stories to sell a narrative. Mm. Um. This goes back to something we've talked about quite a bit on this show. If you guys have watched for a while, you'll probably be familiar with these two books because I come back to them a lot. Jonathan Haidt's The Righteous Mind, which is amazing. And it's it's about, um, it, I think the subtitle is Why Good People Disagree on Politics and Religion. And he maps out different types of morality, which is sort of interesting. And then he also talks about our emotional mind versus our rational mind and how most of us, our emotional mind, which is like an elephant, our emotional mind steers our rational mind, which is more like the, the rider of the elephant. Right. And uh, building on that book, this is another book I've mentioned before. Arthur Brooks did a book called love your enemies. I think he has some blind spots in this book, but one thing I think he gets right is that 
you have to change. He, he talks about Jonathan Haidt's research, too. And he talks about how you need to appeal to people's emotions. You need to appeal to their elephant if you want to open their mind to a difference of opinion or help them to even maybe change their opinion. You have to speak to their emotions. You have to speak to their elephant. And that doesn't mean that you do it deceitfully and you abandon facts and you abandon your rational mind. It just means you have to learn how to appeal to the emotions and have the facts to back you up. So I think people on the right, if you're on the right, or people in the center, or uh, liberals, or libertarians, or progressives who are not woke, anybody who's not part of this crazy, culturally dominant social justice um, war machine, that propaganda machine that's that's running right now. <laughs> if you're not a part of that, I think you have we have to we have to get better at telling stories like. Figuring out that example you gave of they highlight the mom and the kid. We need to talk about those stories. We need to use the media the way they do, but have the facts on our side, have the statistics on our side. But we, I, I don't think that it's wrong to talk to people's emotions. I don't. I just think it's wrong to do so if you don't also, if you're also selling something fake like the mainstream media does. They're selling a fake narrative with emotions. Sell the true narrative, but with emotions. Quit depending on just the facts. You can't p- give people just the facts. They're not going to pay attention. Does that make well, sense? Even just the facts are disputed sometimes. But yeah, I mean, look, marketing departments have known this for a century, like literally a century, I think, at this point. Um, I'm not, I don't remember exactly when some of the research yeah, was done, but like, he, it's, it's, this is not rocket science. It's just that most people don't think this way. And we think that we're just going to argue with facts. I mean, I, I, it's my inclination, right, to argue with facts too. It's not, you know, but it's the right is okay at it sometimes. I think the right can be good at it sometimes. The left is amazing at, at this. The left is by far they're, better, like way better. By it's far, all they, they're it's very all they do. good at this. They're very good at it. Yeah. And he gives an example in this book. Arthur Brooks gives an example of when he was working for a nonprofit, having to raise a lot of money. He's like. I can't just do a letter where I give you all the facts about why this is a good charity and statistically how many kids or families it will help. I have to pick one kid, one family, and tell you a story. People right. want to hear a story. This is why Audrey Hepburn stands there on TV yes. with the kid in her arms. and like, yeah. Yes. You have to tell a story and you have to personalize it and make it emotional. And yeah. I guess I dated myself. Somebody used to do that. Somebody in the chat says, uh, oh, Jeremy says, I'm so I'm guessing Carrie and Carter haven't seen the Times article about, quote, fortifying the election. We did see it. I hope we still we have did. time to talk about it. But you want to let's do some super let's, chats. Let's and do, then let's let's do some super it. chats quickly. Um, let's let's pound through some super chats here. Uh, <clears throat> M tax shark says, thanks on safe space. Imagine the time article, but switch the winner. Save, same, save the election. Take from time, it will be Russiagate times a thousand. Right, right. Um, the same kind of save the election stuff, but it would be yeah, that would be Russiagate. Uh, Ken Unufertruck says the cathedral is claiming people misuse Orwellian. <laughs> of course they are. I'm sure Snopes will fact check that. Uh, Orwell. Yeah. Was, my favorite is Orwell was a socialist. Actually, oh God. <laughs> yes, duh. We know. Yeah, know, and you. He also was one of socialism's most vocal critics. Um, they will, they are going to go after anything that is effective against their lies and manipulation. And so Orwell 
is very effective. That's why they're going after Orwell. They also are now very blatantly going after individualism because they know individualism is the antidote to collectivism. I mean, I think basically their strategy, even if they don't know, some of them have known for a long time that their target was individualism, absolutely, and they've been rolling it out. But also they can just look at what their enemies are saying and then like yeah, whatever Carrie is saying, that's white supremacy. So if Carrie starts talking about Cabbage Patch dolls, that will be white supremacy. Like Carrie starts talking about uh, – The Golden you know, Girls. The Golden Girls, white supremacy. She starts using language from 1920s like – you know, 1920s, that's a that's a way that Nazis used to reflect an era of blah, blah, blah. Like, they'll just, they'll justify it somehow. Um, so, TPS says, uh, Kendi had his broken clock moment. Let's hope. Um, Andrew Joyner says, what a bizarre reality these people are living in. What's a bizarre reality? B-T-S-A-R reality. I don't know. It sounds bad. It does. It sounds like a swear, but I don't know what it is. Um, JVS H-Town gives us a super sticker of a pair character putting his hand in front of his mouth while blushing. Thank you. Uh, sorry, I can't put that up. Tracer Bullet says, so uh, I can sue the manufacturer if I get a speeding ticket. They shouldn't be making cars that exceed the speed limit. <laughs> right. Um, I'll Fight You Naked says... Every time I see that name, it's an awesome name. I'll fight you naked. Says, if Kendi get smoked, that's great. Race is effective at destroying society. Trans is not that dangerous. Are you and hubby planning on kids, Carrie? Uh, I wouldn't say planning, but I would like to try. And if he's listening, surprise! No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> What a way to find out. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Marie Busky. Hey, Marie. Uh, she says, civil liability for gun manufacturers. Will they go after the auto industry next? Removing personal responsibility is a dark, dark path. Yes, it is. Um, but removing personal responsibility is a necessary path to authoritarian control because um, – you, the if we remove personal responsibility from you, then you can't be blamed for any of your actions. You, you suddenly become uh, cattle to be herded, and we need to keep you safe. So we have to have power, like all that. It's all personal responsibility and personal freedom are obviously tied together. You can't have one without the other. So uh, absolutely, um, Acme Products. Acme Products says thanks for all you guys do. Keep it up. Thank you, Acme Products. Let's see if I can find that one. There it is. Um, JVS H town says, uh, for the Obama administration, it's detention facilities, Trump administration, kids in cages. Oh my God. Biden administration overflow facilities. Yeah. Yeah. It was detention facilities. Overflow sounds nicer. So I don't know if that means they like Biden better than Obama or they've just decided to just be brazen with their, uh, their new speak and, you know, do, do it however they want. I don't know. Uh, all right. I think we got through the super chats there. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Okay. We got to pull up this other article. I know Carrie stepped away for a minute, but we got to pull up this other article because I know Carrie wants to talk about it. Probably everyone wants to talk about it. So 
It's quite an article. This is in Time Magazine. It's called The Secret History of the Shadow Campaign That Saved the 2020 Election. So, interesting title. Uh, we can start right away. By the way, uh, beats are, someone says in chat, is bizarre equals reality czar. Bizarre czar, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, the secret history of the shadow campaign that uh, that saved the 2020 election. Now, by saved the 2020 election, uh, <laughs> they don't mean what you might think. Um, so let's let's go through this. This is an article about liberal groups, basically, um, and it's about behind-the-scenes efforts to – I'm going to use their language for a minute – quote, save the election. Now, like we talked about earlier, using language to uh, – you know, the words you choose matter, so describing yourself, you know – for example, um, you know, I could say uh, I'm stealing your car, or I could say um, I'm an emancipator of, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I'm a, I'm a vehicular emancipator. That sounds better, right, than a car thief. Um, so how they how they couch this is in saving the election. Now, of course. What does it mean to save the election? Uh, well, if you're on the left, it means preventing Trump from getting in office. But let's take a look at this. So uh, it talks about how people were expecting um, expecting violence. And then, uh, you know, we, we expected him to do well originally and then other votes to come in from the mail and them not to do as well. So... This is kind of a, a weird thing because they openly want to talk about what they did because they believe that talking about this is necessary for people to understand what it takes to, quote, save democracy. So it says there was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes, one that both curtailed the protests and coordinated the resistance from CEOs. That's interesting. Now, um, I know Carrie stepped away. Oh, she's coming back, which is good. Um, I, I just want to pause before we we even go any further here because I want to talk about I want to talk about companies really, really briefly because people sometimes are wondering, hey, why are these companies woke? Why are they doing these things? Why are they pushed? Like, it's not just. Um, it's partly the culture, and I've talked about that. I think even the last show I talked about the culture and Jack not really knowing and just kind of get, wanting to get invited to cocktail parties. And that that's all true. That is all true. Um, there's also something you have to understand. If you if it, stop thinking about in terms of left and right and think in terms of um, government bureaucracy, the government machine, you can call it deep state or whatever, but the, the, the behemoth amoeba of, of the government doing stuff and and kind of the free market. Now – when you're running a large, especially a large company, 
Um, but any company, if you're running a large company, you've got offices all over the place. You've got, um, uh, you're probably in a lot of different uh, related businesses like at Facebook, for example. Um, there is, there are just volumes of regulation that you are subject to. Just volumes and volumes of regulation. You probably don't even know all the regulation you're subject to. And you've got teams of lawyers who are dealing with that. And part of that legal team's job and part of your job as CEO is to have a healthy, friendly relationship with the regulatory bodies that regulate you because they can really do a lot of damage to you, a lot of damage. And, you know, I heard Bob uh, Murphy talk about this on his podcast. Bob Murphy does the podcast with, he used to do the podcast with uh, Tom Woods. But he talked about this the other day. He had some great analogies. I'm just going to steal one of them uh, directly, which was uh, the speed limit. Everyone drives over this, almost everyone drives over the speed limit, right? It's there. We all know it. We all know you don't go too far. It's kind of unreasonable to do the speed limit all the time. It just would slow everything down. Like people just, they behave reasonably within the limit, but they don't, you know, they don't, uh, they don't go, they don't go wild. Now, if suddenly, if a cop doesn't like you for some reason, let's say the cop really hates Carrie. And he knows Carrie drives that truck with that. What was that old bumper sticker you had, Carrie? I don't remember. You had some fun bumper stickers. Whatever. She had an identifiable uh, truck with bumper stickers. I had a lot of SJW bumper stickers. I had one that said, right. U.S. out of my uterus. There you go. Okay. So, U.S. out of my uterus. He's like, that's the that's the, the B word with the, the U.S. out of my uterus truck. I can't stand her. Right? Now, uh, well, Carrie, through her normal day, is violating some law because she's probably exceeding the speed limit, um, like everyone. But if they don't like her, they have a completely legitimate reason to pull her over and give her a ticket. And you can say, well, that's objective. She was breaking the law. And the response is, well, yes, if they pull Carrie over as often as they pull Alex Jones over. But <laughs> old Carrie. Maybe now it's right, but like, we'll, we'll we'll switch away from Carrie to your favorite social justice warrior, right? So, okay, if they're applying the law the same, then it's not really a bias. But um, what happens when you're a large company? It's that speed limit thing, but compounded into a level of complexity that's almost like you you can't even hold it in your head all at one time. It's so complex. There's no one person who understands all of the regulations that Facebook is subject to, for example. There's not one person that understands all of them in detail. Um, and so the company needs to make sure they're playing nice with regulators in the federal government and that bureaucracy. Generally, they need to play nice with that bureaucracy. They can't have, they can't have a bunch of bureaucrats angry at them because if they want to, they can enforce the letter of the law in a very draconian way and cause a lot of problems for the business. They need a good relationship with their regulators. So this is one of the reasons why as culture shifts, like this is one of the reasons, by the way, it's not a left right thing necessarily. This is one of the reasons Trump was hated. Trump targeted that he called them the swamp. He targeted that bureaucracy as the enemy, that bureaucracy hated and still hates Donald Trump. That's why they hate him. He targeted them. They hate his guts. 
They want him out. They want him out. The mafia doesn't have to tell you who to vote for if you know who the mafia candidate is and they control your block. So don't think that these companies don't know where their bread is buttered. Don't think they don't know that. They know where their bread is buttered. They know who controls the block. They know who they know what direction they need to be pushing. Oh yeah. It's not they don't need to be overtly threatened. No. They know. I wanted to pause before you went on. That's all I wanted to say about that. So, all right. Here's the article. So, there was a conspiracy. <laughs> I can't believe they're dishonest. There was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes, one that both curtailed the protests and coordinated the resistance from CEOs. All right. Both sides would come to see it as sort of an implicit bar. Oh, sorry. He's going to talk about how the Chamber of Commerce and the AFL-CIO, now those, they, they are normally at odds with each other, but Chamber of Commerce is deep state. So, you know, they're, or if you don't like that term, they're just part of that bureaucracy I talked about. They came together in an implicit bargain inspired by the summer's massive, sometimes destructive racial justice protests. So, the inspiration for this is from the radical left. That's the inspiration for this entire uh, policing of our democracy. Well, I'm using policing in quotes. I'm doing air quotes, but you can't see me. Okay. The handshake between business and labor was just one component of a vast cross-partisan campaign to protect the election. An extraordinary shadow effort. So they were intentionally secret about this. An extraordinary shadow effort dedicated to not winning the vote, but ensuring it would be free and fair, credible, and uncorrupted. Now, you can say that all you want, but based on the people involved, we know what they think the credible, fair, and uncorrupted outcome should be. So, okay. Um, These are the same people who believe that they have the... Uh, the right to be our intellectual and moral betters and Mm -hmm. to make sure we vote the way they want us to vote. These are the same people who run companies like Google and admit on hidden camera, like Google's like a Google um, uh, executive admitted that they view it as their number one priority to make sure that Americans don't elect Trump again. That's right. You know, that's right. And remember, when they say uncorrupted and free and fair, um, I, part of that definition includes what they would call fake news manipulation, people that are convinced wrongly to vote for Trump. That's unfair. They're being wrongly convinced because Snope says that it's false. So Yeah, this is down and up, up is down, kind of Orwellian <clears throat> speak, because just like how they call racism anti-racism, you know, they're saying fair and credible and uncorrupted, but they mean unfair, not credible and corrupted. Right. Okay, right. go ahead. <laughs> um, and b- by the way, by the way, Jason, our social media, um, our Gab guy, did an excellent uh, breakdown of this on Gab. If you want to read his stuff, we we regabbed. Is that a word? We regabbed it. So it's on our account. You can find it there. Um, okay. For more than a year, a loosely organized coalition of operatives scrambled to shore up America's institutions. Okay. 
The scenario the shadow campaigners were desperate to stop was not a Trump victory. It was an election so calamitous that no result could be discerned at all, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So they're saying, well, we're not, we're not trying to stop. Don't worry. We're not trying to stop a Trump victory, which is maybe a little bit more believable if um, <laughs> it was started by a rabid Trump supporter next to a uh, rabid Biden supporter, if there were any rabid Biden supporters. Um, and by the way, they're going to make the claim in this article that this is nonpartisan. Um, and they're going to say Republicans were involved, and there were Republicans involved. It was nonpartisan if your partisanism is left and right. If it's Democrat and Republican, it was indeed nonpartisan. But if you think about this as Trump versus anti-Trump, it was almost completely partisan. They they got a – I think they mentioned one Trump person. They got involved in one scenario. But they are partisan by the definition of Trump versus anti-Trump. But – Nonpartisan by their definition of well, Republicans and Democrats. Okay, so they worked. They their work touched on every aspect of the election. They got states to change voting systems and laws and helped secure hundreds of millions in public and private funding. They fended off voter suppression lawsuits, recruited armies of poll workers, and got millions of people to vote by mail for the first time. They successfully pressured social media companies. Read that again. They successfully pressured social media companies to take a harder line against disinformation and used data-driven strategies to fight viral smears. Now, in the context of what we just read with respect to AOC's characterization of facts about her, which she called disinformation and smears, you can imagine what that looks like, right? When they say fight against disinformation or a harder line against disinformation and smears, what they mean is stuff that's true about our candidate that we don't like. <laughs> that's what they mean. Just as AOC meant that. Stuff that's true about me, I wasn't in the Capitol building, but it's smearing me to say that I was not in the Capitol building. Okay. After election day, they monitored every pressure point to ensure that Trump could not overturn the results. They were very, they set up this, um, they set up this narrative that don't worry, we're just trying to protect Trump from under, it's weird. It's like, um, <laughs> I need to have control over your baby and his crib because I'm really worried that Carrie's going to come do something horrible to him. Don't. So you need to not look at what I'm doing and just give me the baby and I'll take care of the crib. And I'll, you know, what, I'm going to shut you out of the room because Carrie's really, really bad. And I have to protect you against Carrie. I know she's going to do something. Um, please give me, please give me access to your baby and go in the other room. Right. Yeah. That's that's what this is. <laughs> so. it's, it's so dirty. <laughs> it's okay. Dirty. Okay. So um, it's just it's just so secretive <laughs> and manipulative and and yes, this the theme of today's episode: <laughs> deceitful. Okay. Yeah, maybe that's what should have been on my uh, <laughs> sign behind me. For Trump and his allies were running their own campaign to spoil the election. This is my favorite word. <laughs> What's a spoil mean? <laughs> what is spoiling the election? That's such an emotional, non-information-packed word. Does spoiling it mean, I, like, what does that mean? What does spoiling the election mean? So you can see their language. Uh, the president spent months insisting that mail ballots were a democratic plot and the election would be rigged. Well, it turns out, actually, 
that you're writing just a couple paragraphs above mail ballots were a democratic plot. <laughs> You just said it was a Democratic plot. You just said it was. By the way, some people in the chat are cracking me up. Judson says, the dingo ate your baby. (laughs) (laughs) And Justin Peterson says, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. (laughs) (sighs) I don't think Keith the Hack Guy's not in chat today, but uh, when when we used to work together, I had a sign by my desk that had – uh, a picture of a guy pointing a gun at the camera, basically, and it said, I'm from the government, I'm here to help. And I think it was Keith that gave me that sign. I am not. I don't remember, but I think it was him. Um, okay, so the, how do they characterize? So they, they're talking about people on the other side at Trump's, his henchmen at the state level. So, okay, it's not even, they're not even trying to appear <laughs> unbiased here. No. Trump is spoiling things. He has henchmen. Um an intensification of the GOP's legacy of suppressive tactics. Again, this is their painting a narrative. They're acting like this is common knowledge and factual. The GOP has a legacy of suppressive tactics. You know who has a legacy of suppressive tactics? The Democrats. Look up Jim Crow laws and supporters of them. Okay. So, all right. So it, it goes on. Uh Blah, 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 blah. This is the inside story of the conspiracy to save 2020. I mean, <laughs> oh, wait. I don't even know oh, wait, 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 wait. So conspiracies are good now? Are they? Because they've been, they've been pushing it, forcing it down our throats for the past four years. That anything that goes against their narrative, which, by the way, a lot of their narrative is a conspiracy narrative. Russia Gate was a conspiracy theory, which was a big nothing burger in the words of Van Jones. Um, but anything that goes against their narrative, they call it conspiracy theory and they use it in negative terms. Um, they use it as a pejorative and then they they try and get things banned. They try and, and push forward their censorship. They do push forward censorship by labeling things conspiracy theory in a negative way and then getting them removed. Well, that's conspiracy theory. Take it down. Right. Okay, but now they're openly using this word in a positive way, which is kind of funny, isn't it? I think it's, yeah, but I think what it is, Carrie, I think that they are, um, I think there's a little bit of celebratory, this is celebratory and gloating to some extent. Oh, yeah, they're showing how smart and tricky they were. They're gloating about it. Yeah, look at us. Yeah, we did a a conspiracy, guys, and it worked. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So they let us have uh, access to the baby and they left the room. (laughs) (laughs) We protected the baby. Now it will grow up not knowing what gender it is. Um, Okay. So every attempt to interfere with the proper outcome of the election was defeated, (laughs) says Ian Basson. Okay. Um, But it's massively important for the country to understand that it didn't happen accidentally. The system didn't work magically. Democracy is not self-executing. That's kind of a, I mean, I, 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 what do you say about that? Okay, it requires activists from the BLM movement to make sure it's executed properly. All right. By the way, another reason to hate democracy, but okay. Apparently it's not self-executing. That's why the participants want the secret history of the 2020 election told. 
even though it sounds like a paranoid fever dream. Hey, it's going to sound bad, guys, but it's not bad. So you're paranoid if you think it's bad. <laughs> Jeremy, it just sounds bad. It just sounds bad. Jeremy in chat says they can't help themselves. They need the recognition. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the criminal that always goes back to the scene of the crime, right? That's like, yes. <laughs> it's that kind of idiot criminal who's like, yes. What's going on? I got to go. Talk. I'm going to go talk to the cops and insert myself in the investigation because yeah, I'm like, they, I need the credit. They get interviewed by the cops and by all the local news stations. And they're yes. like, oh, yes. I just watched a true crime thing the day about a guy. Who did that. He 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 killed this woman, his neighbor. And then he got himself interviewed by several news outlets being like, she was my neighbor. I, you know why? He put himself there. He needed he needed that thrill. They do. It's it, you're right. This is kind of a gloating sort of. This is what we did, guys, at the election. Let me tell you about it. Absolutely. It's absolutely what it is. So, okay. Uh, <clears throat> that's why the participants found secret history to be told, blah, blah, blah. It sounds like a fair paranoid fever dream, a well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries and ideologies, working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media coverage, and control the flow of information. Yeah, you know, that actually does sound kind of bad, Time. You know, now that you point it out, let's read that again. Your own description. A well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries and ideologies. By the way, not ranging across ideologies, all anti-Trump. Working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media coverage, and control the flow of information. Yeah, nothing to see here. They were not rigging the election. They were fortifying oh, it. Oh, oh. 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 <laughs> oh. And they believe oh, that the, the stupid public needs to understand the system's fragility in order to ensure that democracy in America. Endures. Okay, and by the way, listen to this part. They just said, they just said, they just said, working behind the scenes to influence. Wait, bring it back up. I can't read it when you do that. Oh, you can't? Oh, everyone no. else can. Okay, I'll put it back. Okay. They just said, ranging across industries and ideologies, working together behind the scenes to influ influence perceptions. Okay. And then they go, hey, they weren't rigging the election. They were fortifying it. Oh, are you perhaps trying to influence my perception of what you were doing? <laughs> <laughs> they do it hey, right. Hey, you know, <laughs> I, I, Trump should have thought of this argument when they came at him with the Russia stuff. Hey, uh, I wasn't I wasn't trying to, you know, influence perception. Russians weren't trying to influence perceptions or or anything or control. The, they, they were just um, we, we weren't trying to, you know, we weren't trying to rig the election. We were fortifying the election. That's what we were doing. Uh, OK, so the architect of this is a guy named but, but Mike. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Gary. Were you saying something? Oh, Tiger interrupted. So you're... OK, the architect is this guy named Mike Podhorzer. Uh, he's from the AFL-CIO, so um, Democratic political strategist, blah, blah, blah. Um, now, by the way, there's a bunch of – this is a really long article, so if we go at this pace, we'll never be done. So I'm going to have to jump ahead and um, uh, and look for some stuff. But let's – they've got some. Here we go. Let me, oh, we talked about this. We already talked about him uh, telling people the election would be rigged. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, it's not. Okay. Um, we already did that part. Okay. So this guy, so let's take a look at who was involved because who's involved is important. Carrie, if you're talking, you're muted. So, uh, we're not, we're not hearing. I see your face, your lips moving. Okay. 
Just talking to Tiger. All right. Protecting the election would require an effort of unprecedented scale. <laughs> God, I... Okay. As 2020 progressed, it stretched... So these are the people involved. It stretched to Congress, Silicon Valley, and the nation's state houses. It drew energy from the summer's radical justice protests, completely unbiased, by the way, radical justice protests, nothing to do with anti-Trump, uh, many of whose leaders were a key part of the liberal alliance, using the word liberal liberally, and eventually it reached across the aisle into the world of Trump's skeptical Republicans appalled by his attacks on democracy. So the bipartisanism is radical leftists and Lincoln Republicans. That's what, that's what classifies this as bipartisan. But they all share the same delusion. Yes. So they, they talk about overhauling the infrastructure. They, they advise people on what machines to use. They, they, get, they, they have us push to get mail-in ballots going. They didn't get enough money from uh, Congress, so private philanthropy pitches in. Hey, the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative chipped in $300 million. Hey, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Uh, so Zuckerberg uh, pitched in. You know who covered some of this was Cernovich. Sure. Yeah, he's usually tuned into this stuff pretty well. The Institute's work helped 37 states and D.C. bolster mail-in voting. So, by the way, um, we talked previously about how mail-in voting had a massive un unrealistic uptick this election, even given COVID, because mail-in in, in some jurisdictions and some of the ones that there was this massive uptick in mail-in voting, COVID did not count as an excuse for getting an absentee ballot. You couldn't get it. And yet people were still getting them. There is a, this was used, by the way, as evidence that these were illegitimate uh, ballots. They may or may not have been illegitimate ballots, but they may also be a result of this behind the scenes work that's being that was being done to bolster uh, mail-in voting. So, um, okay, we're trying to bring democracy to people, blah, 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 blah. In the end, nearly half the electorate cast ballots by mail in 2020, practically a revolution in how people vote. That sentence to me is pretty chilling because let's assume that mail-in voting so mail-in voting wasn't huge let's assume that let's not be crazy like these people and who would say there's never any problems with mail-in voting at all obviously there's going to be some problems right with some mail-in voting there could be some issues an increase this much immediately like a sudden a sudden increase where half of the electorate cast ballots by mail I would think that requires extra scrutiny because that's an unusual event. And it, um, even if it's all legitimate, rolling out a new system, and look, I know there's software engineers that are listening. You never buy version 1.0. 1.0 sucks, always. <laughs> like the first thing has got problems usually. This is a, they have, they have revamped how voting's done and in addition to that, we're not supposed to ask about scrutinizing it. 
So then they start a disinformation defense. They say, hey, they know what Trump's going to do here. Okay. Um, so they they knew that, again, what they're calling disinformation is just people pushing back on like, hey, there's stuff to investigate here. We should look at this because this is unusual. No matter how it happened, it's unusual. We should look at it. The solution she concluded, uh, I don't know who they're talking, Quinn, Laura Quinn, a veteran progressive operative, so an unbiased person. Uh, the solution she concluded was to pressure platforms to enforce their rules by both removing content or accounts that spread disinformation. Again, when you hear disinformation, think about AOC's characterization of facts. This is everything, and by more aggressively policing it in the first place. This is everything we have been saying, and that people who've been po- people have been pointing this out for the past four years. And we get called all kinds of names. Every every single person who's watching this, who's called this out for the past four years, I'm sure you've been called names. You've been called a conspiracy theorist. You've had people want to pretend like something's wrong with you because you're saying, hey, the social media platforms are censoring us and they have a strategy and they've been, they started in 2016. They went ahead and and unpersoned and deplatformed all of these People with large followings who they felt were instrumental in Trump winning, and then one of them in doing like the Alex Jones. Sense Think about him. Like Alex Jones, Milo Yiannopoulos, uh, Gavin McGinnis, Laura Loomer, uh, Paul Joseph Watson. Like yeah. they went after all these people with big platforms who they felt maybe had helped to uh, uh, sway people towards the candidate that the cathedral doesn't like, that they don't like, and they wanted to make sure it didn't happen again. And and here it is. Now they are admitting it. They are admitting, yes, we did this. They're gloating about it. They're they gloating about it. It's disgusting. About it. Yep. So, um, okay, so she says what we're going to do is get the platforms to enforce their rules. The platforms have policies against certain types of malign behavior, but they haven't been enforcing them, she says. Now, interestingly enough, this goes back to my uh, analogy, um, which I stole from uh, – Bob Murphy, which I stole from Bob Murphy, uh, about the speed limit. Yes, these platforms do have very uh, loose policies that could be interpreted however they want against people, however they want to interpret those policies. So when you have um, people calling for actual violence, people fantasizing on the left, fantasizing about murdering Trump, murdering Trump supporters punching them in the face, doing all this stuff. When you have actual stuff like that, that doesn't get flagged. But if someone says, hey, we should question the results of this election, well, that is, that's an incitement of violence because what you mean by questioning the results of the election is storm the Capitol and take it over, apparently. But they also don't, even that, look, for four years on the left, they were saying, they question the results of the election. All the legacy media sources were saying it. Rachel Maddow was saying it. They were all saying it. All the news, oh, all right. the successful. Yeah, and they and they let everyone do that. But now they say, oh, you can't do that. Not now. Right. It's applied and selectively. It's applied selectively, yes, which is your point. And they and they do the same thing with like they don't even like somebody in the chat says, well, they don't apply any of these things. They're still not enforcing them to people on the left. No, they're not. And they also, not only do they enforce these things selectively, but they're constantly updating their TOS and they're coming up with new infractions so that they have a wider range of vague things they can say that you've broken, rules that you've broken. 
They're constantly, Carter just covered recently, they just updated their TOS a few days ago so that they could get rid of the gateway pundit. Like they're always coming up with something new that they can arbitrarily apply to wrong thinkers. They didn't even, in our case, unsafe space, they didn't even give us a reason. They're to the point now where they don't even think they have to give a reason sometimes. Like they just banned our account. They didn't even say, here's what you did. Here's the new rule you broke or whatever. They just didn't, you're just gone. (laughs) And and just to be clear, we got zero warnings, zero communication. We've never received any communication from Twitter ever about any of our tweets. Ever. The only communication we've received is after I filed an appeal asking what was wrong, uh, we got an email that said, we got your appeal. <laughs> so the bot's working. All right. Um, so this, this is interesting. Again, back to the conspiracies. Hey, hey, I think these social media platforms might be in cahoots. <clears throat> Let me just read this part of this paragraph. In November 2019, Mark Zuckerberg invited nine civil rights leaders to dinner at his home. Now, by the way, I guarantee uh, one of these nine civil rights leaders uh, was not Cernovich <laughs> or someone like that, right? Nine by civil the way, rights leaders. When they say civil rights leaders, that's BS. They mean social justice warriors. They mean yeah. social justice warriors, which social justice warriors are at odds with civil rights and with civil rights leaders. This is another, it's the same way they try and pretend like they're liberals when they're not, when they're blatantly illiberal. And they try and pretend that they're progressives when their belief system is regressive. They're not civil rights leaders. Look at what civil rights leaders have to say about individualism and individual rights and equality. And look at what social justice people have to say about equity and about and about judging people on the basis of race and sex. These people are not civil rights leaders, but continue. <laughs> right. And we went, we mentioned Malcolm X and and, uh, and uh, Martin Luther King Jr. earlier today. <laughs> Neither one of them would have been invited to this dinner had they been saying no, the things that they were. <laughs> they would not be. Maybe Malcolm X in his early years, but not not in the end. Okay. So Zuck invites these nine, quote, civil rights leaders to dinner at his home, uncivil rights leaders to dinner at his home, where they warned him. <laughs> I, I, I want to have a dinner someday where I warn a billionaire about stuff. They warn him about the danger of the election-related falsehoods that were already spreading unchecked. Quote, it took pushing, urging, conversations, brainstorming, all of that to get to a place where we ended up. His kitchen? Uh, oh, with more rigorous rules and enforcement, <laughs> says Vanita Gupta. Now, Vanita, I'm sure she's not partisan. Oh, wait, no, she's been nominated for associate general, attorney general by Biden. Oh, well, you know, she attended Zuckerberg's dinner and Dorsey's dinner in a completely nonpartisan way. And Biden just happens to think she'd be a great associate attorney general. Um, okay. So. It was, crucial, it was crucial for voters to understand that despite what Trump was saying, mail-in votes weren't susceptible to fraud. Now, this is an outlandish statement. Of course they're susceptible. Did it happen? I don't know. But of course it's susceptible. It, what kind of a universe exists in which mail-in isn't susceptible to fraud? Is it the one thing on the planet that's not susceptible to fraud? Literally everything is susceptible to fraud. What are you talking about? But... The reason they had to push this narrative that the system cannot be questioned is because they spent the year before this getting their grimy little mitts wrapped around the system and controlling all of it. So 
You can't question it because it's our system. We just spent all this effort, this time and energy owning the system. Here, here's some of these uh, lovely people. Oh, by when the, 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 let me see some of those. I want to see who else was there. You want to go back to your your friends here? Uh, okay, okay, cool. That's enough. Okay, <laughs> people, <laughs> you've seen enough of your friends. All right, people power. The racial justice uprising sparked by George Floyd's killing in May was not primarily a political movement. The organizers who helped lead it wanted to harness its momentum for the election without allowing it to be co-opted by politicians. So by the way, I don't like, can you believe this sentence? I just, these two sentences, Hey, those radical Antifa leftists that you saw burning crap had nothing to do with politics. And those are the organizers that want to harness the same momentum to protect the election. It's so. Uh, it's not partisan. It's so Don't worry. Nothing blatant. to do with Trump. It's so blatant. It's so blatant. Right. It's not political. Uh, we just want to. We just want to <laughs> exploit it for political purposes for the uh, the party that the cathedral currently likes. It's not even that this is a democratic thing, by the way, or, or a Republican thing. The cathedral has sometimes preferred Republican candidates. But in this case, they preferred the person running as Democrat. Who can they control? Who do they have more control over, Joe Biden or Trump? Well, Joe Biden. If 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 the Republican running this time were George W. Bush, maybe they would have gotten behind George W. or Romney. You know, it's not a Republican Democrat thing. But anyway, they want to use this social justice thing to get in the candidate that they want. But hey, guys, it's not political. We started thinking about a program that would complement the traditional election protection area, but also didn't rely on calling the police. Yeah, um, Al Capone wanted to come up with a program that would complement the traditional criminal and justice justice system, uh, but he without relying on calling the police. Okay, that's good. I'm glad glad you wanted to complement that. Strange bedfellows. So now this is their. They're going to talk about the AFL-CIO. Now, this is interesting. AFL-CIO and the Chamber of Commerce don't usually like each other too much. Um, but the Chamber of Commerce isn't exactly, you know, they're not exactly libertarian. Uh, they're just kind of milk toast neocons. So behind the scenes, the business community was engaged in its own anxious discussions about how the elections in its aftermath might unfold. The summer's racial justice protests had sent a signal to business owners, too the potential for economy-disrupting civil disorder. With tensions running high, there was a lot of concern about unrest around the election or a breakdown in our normal way we handle contentious elections, says Neil Bradley, the chamber's executive vice president and chief policy officer. These worries had led the chamber to release a pre-election statement with the Business Roundtable, a Washington-based CEOs group, as well as an association of manufacturers, wholesalers, and retailers calling for patience and confidence as the votes were counted. Now, I just want to throw this idea out here. They talk, and then they talk, by the way, about um, sending a more, bi- quote, bipartisan message. He reached out to this guy, Podhorzer, who was the the leftist um, organizing all this stuff behind the scenes. Now, just put this in context. In, in the summer of 2020, we had billions and billions of dollars worth of damages to businesses. Um, it cost a lot of money, and it was destructive, and they're worried about more unrest. Now, this unrest from 2020 was predominantly from the left. I'm not saying there was no unrest. There was some stuff that happened on 
uh, I won't even say the right. Some of it was the right. Some of it was like, uh, you know, there were those um, there were those guys in I think in Oakland, California, who shot uh, the guard who were um, I think they were like uh, boogaloo people trying to like collapsitarians. Like there there was violence outside of the left, but largely it was it was the leftist violence fueled by George Floyd protests and BLM. And now, so these guys, these guys are worried about more of that violence, rightly so. So they reach out to the guy who's with the coalition that was responsible for the violence. Like he reached out to the people doing the violence saying, hey, we don't want any more violence. It's, it's a little bit um, extortion. <laughs> it's a, it could be construed as a little bit extortion. There was a bunch of violence. Uh, we certainly wouldn't want more violence. How about you help us make sure that there's not more violence by, quote, protecting the integrity of the election? So they did. They issued a joint statement, and they wanted a peaceful election. And they talk about how uh, the left didn't show up on January 6th and kind of stood down, and that was a big deal. And then they talked about the, the okay, after the, or not January 6th, this, I guess this part is after election night. And they talked about the five steps to victory, at, you know, and he talks about how, how we have to protect these different things. Trump's going to say, hey, we should <laughs> look at the votes and double check things. And we can't let that happen. They actually they actually use this picture, the balls on them using this picture. Um, they say Trump supporters seek to disrupt the vote count. Now, this picture actually is um, them. Th this is the electors not letting Trump observers watch and putting up they're in the middle of putting up i remember uh, this paper up over shields. the windows so you can't watch what they're doing so they could count the votes in secret this they, is closing the door to the baby's nursery uh, so carrie yeah, can't hey, watch lady, what i'm doing yeah, like give me access to your baby and please leave the room and let me shut the door so you can't watch while i protect your child yeah that's what this is and that's the picture yeah. they chose to use um you know, I, I I don't know. There's 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 not a whole. I I don't want to. Again, this is a long article, and we've talked about it a lot. But you know, he goes through he goes through how, uh, you know, there were the five steps. Of, you know, winning the election was only one, and then they had to make sure other stuff. Trump couldn't do things. Um, you know, some of the legal things that they thought he had planned to try and question results and blah blah blah. They he talk they talk about using the the media to support the narrative that Biden won. Um, they talk about how, you know, we didn't don't the left didn't go to the D.C. rally because they wanted it to be all on Trump. Anything that happened, they wanted to be all on Trump and blame him. Um, so some smart moves. I mean, there were some smart moves here. This is not dumb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, this made me think of on, on Twitter that uh, Ryan Gadersky said this article is like nothing I've ever read before. It's not stealing an election if it's legal. And with all this, Trump still only lost by 100,000 votes across a few right. states. And then in response to that, Tim Pool point, rightly pointed out and said the rule changes, notably what happened in October back in Pennsylvania, were unconstitutional at the state and federal level. A judge said the case would be li a likely win on the merits as it was sent to a higher court. But then it was rejected on standing, not on merit. And this goes back right. to when you were covering that uh, most, if not all, of the election, the the, the lawsuits over p potential or possible election fraud 
were alleged election fraud were rejected on standing, standing not on venue. merit, standing right. and yeah. venue. Yes. Yeah. Which is amazing. It's amazing. Right. And, um, the other thing Which means that, we don't know what we, no one actually right. evaluated the evidence. We don't know. Right. For anyone who doesn't right. follow what that means. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out was in, uh, uh, in chat Dion, I think correctly said, and I can't find it. So I'm going to paraphrase, but said, you know, this is all propaganda. It's not just merely gloating about what they did. It's also right. propaganda that they're going to use to push forward H the HR one bill. What's the HR one bill? Oh God. It's a bill. I know that one. It's a bill that it's called the uh, For the People Act. Oh, God. (laughs) Sounds horrible already. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Uh, They're they're so good at naming things, aren't they? Best Buy always has the best buys, doesn't it? Okay. For the People Act um, is a bill that would – okay, it addresses voter access, election integrity – election security, political spending, and ethics for the three branches of government. Specifically. <laughs> ethics. Yeah. Specifically. Sorry. I love the government thinking that they have to pass a law that addresses ethics. Right. Right. Um, specifically, the bill expands voter registration and voting access and limits removing voters from voter rolls. The bill provides for states to establish independent, nonpartisan. I wonder if they're using nonpartisan in the same way that this Time article did. Of course they are. Hmm. Yeah. Nonpartisan re- redist- yeah, redistricting committees. Huh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep. Okay. There's Lovely. a reason well, that they are trying to attack Orwell now. Yeah. Well, let me let me just here's the end of the article. We can be done. Okay. With it. There's something at the end that I think is funny. It's astounding how close we came, how fragile it all really is, says Timmer, the former Michigan GOP chair. This is someone who was involved in this. He's an anti-Trumper. It's like when Wiley E. Coyote runs off the cliff, if you don't look down, you don't fall. Our democracy only survives if we all believe and don't look down. I would like to just point (laughs) something out for those of you who don't realize this. That's a fucking cartoon! I'm sorry. It it pisses me off. It's like that. Really? Reality's like that? And this is the thing. Talk about reality manipulation. These people are very concerned with making sure that people believe in the process, not in worrying about whether the process is legit. They don't care if the process is legit. They don't care if you're off the cliff. They want you to believe in the process. That's the scary thing. They think that belief in the process is the most important goal. Well, that's not why the process, not the process, belief in the process. They want, they want you to trust all of this political theater, the circus, the distraction. That's why I'm kind of starting to agree with the people who believe in not voting. I'm starting to understand that better because just when, yeah, because when you participate in the system, then they look back, they look and and they're like, look at all these little sheep we got to vote this time who believe that this is 
that this that their their vote matters. You know, my friend who first started talking to me about Bitcoin um, a few years ago, who the one I called a Bitcoin evangelist. At the time, he's he spent a couple of hours with me trying to explain Bitcoin to me, and I'm very grateful because I needed the help to understand. Did it work? It worked. And I still don't. There's still things about it I don't understand, but. Some of the things he said back then, I didn't quite get at the time. And now fast forward three or four years, I understand those things better. I understand his perspective better. One of the things he was saying to me was, um, oh, he, he was sort of like, oh, you still believe that your vote matters, that that's your exercising your voice. Oh, I was like, yeah, <laughs> of course your yeah, vote is. <laughs> my vote doesn't matter. <laughs> and now no. I'm like. Oh, okay. I kind of get what he was saying. He was sort of oh, saying, doesn't matter. he was like, no, no, your only voice or one of your only voices, the way to use your voice in his opinion, I'm not giving financial advice, was to take your money out of the system and put it in Bitcoin or put it in some type of digital currency. That was Well, that's the, the, the agorist perspective. That's the agorist perspective, right? right? Which is, is get out of the system, delegitimize the system. Delegitimize the system. Right. Yeah. But, right, which we can't do 100%. No one can do 100%. Right. right? Even Salvi right. Agarist is on Twitter. So. Right. Exactly. Uh, but I, I, I guess I'm just saying I understand that point of view a little better with the benefit of the past few years and just watching uh, what's happened. And and I love the fact that there are so many articles now. When you watch the propaganda machine that is Legacy Media and, and Big Social and how they all put out the same thing, the same way they, they all did that. Language. Instead of saying kids in cages, now they're all saying – uh, right. Biden's putting kids in migrant overflow facilities and they're all using that same language and the same way they all push this, the lie about like, oh, the January 6th was about white supremacy, Christian white supremacy. Insurrection. Guys, all, insurrection. insurrection. It was not an insurrection. Yeah. Right. And they all they all say the same thing. Well, um, now they're all saying the same thing about uh, about what you just said about the belief. They're like, oh, my goodness. Uh, people don't believe in the system anymore. This is a big problem. And we need to fix this. And there's a bunch of articles now about how people don't believe in the system. Yeah, we don't believe in the system because you shouldn't believe in the system. <laughs> like, right. Are you kidding? I think if you believe in, if you believe, I don't know. I think if you believe in the system right Believing now, in the system is the drug that they are keeping you addicted yeah. to. It's like yeah. when the, it's like when those uh, uh, human traffickers in movies, you see like they, they kidnap the girls and they get them addicted to heroin so they can get them to do whatever they want and sell them to, you know, Shahs in the Middle East, right? Like they're addicted to heroin. So they're not cognizant of what the hell is going on. Yeah. They're like, they're easily pliable. Like believing in the system is the heroin. Yeah. That, and they, and it they gets also, you to vote, do your thing, go vote, yeah. go to Starbucks, watch your Netflix, shut up. And there's also there's a troll in the chat today. I, I, I wasn't paying too much attention to him, but he's also the type of person who believes in he doesn't just believe in the system. He he believes that right and left. He believes in the right and left paradigm that they sell right. us. Like, right. dude, you are so dumb. Like you have to be this tall to ride this ride and you're not this tall. You're welcome to stick around. But like you're not Maybe even figure it you're out. Watch, yeah, fine. you're watching the wrong movie, guy. Like the people. And by the way, the people you think you're arguing with, we don't even we don't even we don't believe in the things you do. We don't believe in the right and left, but right. like binary. We don't believe that that we believe that you believe in it. We believe that it's very effective at at dividing us and distracting us, but we don't think it's important. So I like, will say right now, I hate the far right and the far left ideologically equally because yeah, they both are authoritarian. 
Exactly. The I, same hate thing. I hate authoritarians. <laughs> Done. Yeah. I hate authoritarianism. So, and corruption and corruption and manipulation. Well, that comes and, with authoritarianism. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. But, um, okay, so we do have to end. This is a very, that was a very crazy times piece. I'm glad we got to cover it, but we sh- we should end on a couple of, I want to do some super well, chats, but I, I just want to make I was going to say, I've got a list of super chats okay. we've missed. So let me just do this real quick. I made some notes, just three notes, Carter. Thank you, the people that were complimenting my hat. It was from Heather296 <laughs> made my hat. Thank you, Heather. Um, yesterday, I got to have coffee with the guy who does the Woke Temple Twitter account. And if you guys don't follow the mm. Woke Twitter on, the Woke Temple on Twitter, he does a lot of very uh, effective uh, um, graphic pieces. I don't know if you call them memes or not, but he does things where he he basically takes tenets of SJW ideology and he distills them down graphically and also uses humor. He does very good work. And I know he's going to be, I think he's going to look, he's looking for a graphic designer to work with him at some point. So anyway, check this dude out. And I had, it was great getting to talk to him and meet him, uh, the Woke Temple on Twitter. Also, Pirate Tomsky, who's in our Unsafe Space community. And on, on Discord, he announced that he has a new podcast he's trying out. And I wanted to get to listen to it before I plugged it, but I figured um, I'll just plug it. Hooligan sent me a message and said, plug it. He's got a, a YouTube show out now called Speaking Freely. And you guys can check that okay. out. I think he has two episodes up. And lastly, I wanted to say I was joking to my fella when I, he knows that I want to try for a baby. He knows that. Oh, people thought you were serious? Yeah, somebody said that was cruel for me to reveal it that way. He knows. Uh, we just haven't, it's my personal business what we, if we've decided if we tried or I was just making the, I hope you have jokes in your life. How dare you? <laughs> and that's all. Okay. <laughs> all right, well, let's do some, let's do some super chats. Um, we're going back a little bit here, but uh, 2A Self-Defense Law says, how about a bomb being triggered by a Samsung phone and AT&T phone network? Yeah, that would be, do you sue AT&T or Samsung because their device was used? Uh, sure. Um, this is good for you, Carrie. TPS says, uh, I had number four at 41. It's possible. Good luck and have fun. She's referring to children, I believe. Uh, Thank you. I love to hear stories of... Uh, anyway, I love to hear positive, encouraging, inspirational stories and like that. So thank you. Yeah. Um, 2A Self-Defense Law says Section 230 for Internet Platform is exact opposite to the liability of gun manufacturers. Um, yeah, I, 230 is misunderstood. It is necessary and it's like I, I have problems with Internet platforms and I think there's some nuances, but uh, I've like you can't be responsible if you're a platform for, I, I've come to, I've come to say that two thirty. I've come to believe that two thirty is not a problem. Like it, it doesn't, you should totally be, you're an internet platform. You can't be liable for what people are saying on your platform. It's about two thirty is about liability. Um, and it completely makes sense that they shouldn't be liable for what people do. Um, uh, your, your point though is correct that it's the exact opposite of liability for gun manufacturers. Can you imagine can you imagine giving internet platforms the same rule that Biden is proposing for gun manufacturers? Oh my I gosh! Mean, Facebook and Twitter oh would go gosh. out of business tomorrow, like instantaneously. Tomorrow. Or you yeah. would have to you would have to pay a thousand dollars a day to be on it. it would be, I mean, no one would be on it. They would, they would go out of business, right? Um, 
Kevin Collins says, removing personal responsibility will put group identity into the same crosshairs. One, BLM slash Antifa slash DNC crime equals all BLM Antifa DNC guilty by association. Yay. It won't mean that. That's not how they do it because they're not <laughs> – that's that's not how they're going to do it because they're never responsible. Remember, that side – it will work the other way. So if you're not BLM Antifa or DNC and you commit a crime uh, – then all of whatever category they put you in will be accused of it, as they've already done for white males. Um, but uh, it doesn't work the other way around. Um, so don't don't get too excited there, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> Maldred gives us uh, twenty bucks and says, "A wise man once told me one of the problems the government with the government is that." When honest people run for office, participate, and try to implement good things, it's very difficult because the corrupt majority in government blocks and pushes them out. Yes. Because yeah. they, I mean, you know why, you know why, Manny? And thank you, Manny. Carter ha- actually helped me understand this a year or two ago. So because they don't have anything on them. If it's a corrupt person running for office who has skeletons in their closet and dirty secrets, the powers that be actually prefer that because they have stuff on them to, to right. they can negotiate better. They can negotiate and keep their thumb on them and they can kind of control them a little bit. If it's an honest person with integrity, it's like, how do they control that person? Even Trump, who didn't have a lot of integrity, but who who didn't give right. a crap, he because didn't he didn't give a crap and he was irreverent, they had no leverage over him, they which had, is why they hated him. They could, there was no leverage. There was no leverage. They couldn't control him to the same degree. I'm not saying they couldn't control him at all, but they couldn't control him to the same degree that they can control Biden or George right. W. or whoever. Right. It's probably why they hate Tulsi. She's probably pretty squeaky clean. Yeah. Um. Because they can't, because if they had anything on Tulsi, they'd have used it. Yeah, all they did well, was call her a, a Russian agent and again, and ignore I'm them. sure they have something on everyone, but not to the same degree. They can't, for whatever reason, they couldn't control Tulsi, they couldn't control Bernie, and they couldn't control Trump to the same degree that can, that they could people like W or Clinton or right. Biden or whoever. Right, and part of it is your own thing like i mean there are people like trump who just have no shame right and so they're very dangerous to the establishment yeah you know they don't know you did that you had sex with the porn star and he'd be like in fact they used to get so mad they would say nothing none of the dirt sticks right because he doesn't care because he doesn't Uh, care so all right stevie lg says you guys are saying that we found out we're expecting our first you guys are saying that we found out we're expecting our first. He couldn't go into the ultrasound and cost sleeper I want is banned in the U.S. Oh, the co- the co sleeper I want is banned in the U.S. He couldn't go into the ultrasound and the co sleeper I want is banned in the U.S. Um, uh, I can't decipher that one because Carter's reading it and I can't read it. And I'm sorry, it just says I'll read okay. it. You guys are saying that we found out we're expecting our first period. He couldn't go into the ultrasound and co sleeper I want is banned in the U.S. I think it means they're expecting their first, so congratulations. You couldn't go into the ultrasound. I don't know why. I'm sorry about that, and I can't. I'm sorry that the co sleeper you want is banned in the U.S. But oh, it might I'm be sure a- it was done in the name of safety, your own no. safety. It might be an analogy about the baby that you were making. Well, maybe. Anyway. Uh, okay. Thank you, thank you for the super chat. Maybe maybe it's just an analogy. I'm being an idiot. Okay. Twee girl Swiss fortified like calcium enriched milk. <laughs> yes, they have enriched the election for you. It's been fortified. Um, 
with Ew. vitamin Democrat. Ew. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> vitamin D. Uh, Jason says, time validated a lot of conspiracy theories today. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, they did. Jason, and that's Jason, <laughs> our gab guy. He is, uh, and he helps with other stuff too. He is but, um, on it. He's great. He's on it with this stuff. Yeah. So go give him some love. It's he's, he's Christ Q R I I S T in chat. Um, all right. Grant says, I worry the reason Times published the article isn't because they can't help but want to be praised because they know they can't be challenged. Yeah, well, it's it's like that. They are, like Carrie was saying, like the the person returning to the scene of scene of the crime, except that they it's like a mobster returning to the scene of the crime, knowing that the cops are in his pocket. Yeah. Right. So they're like, hey, boys, what you investigating? Someone get someone get shot in the head. Hmm. Mm. And they know we can't on. do anything about it. They love it. They love it. But this is part of somebody earlier in chat said, and this, I apologize. I can't remember who it was, but um, Crease maybe said, and he was right that part of, part of what happens under totalitarian regimes is they force you to uh, speak things that you know are not true and to participate in the big lie. And, and this is a part they enjoy this in a way. I think this article, the people that wrote this, I think um, they enjoy yeah. rubbing it in your nose that like, yes, everything you said was happening, was happening. We were doing it and you still yes. have to speak the lie. And we have so much power. If you even talk about election fraud, the possibility of election fraud or any of the many lawsuits about election fraud that were kicked out because of standing um, then we can, we're going to deplatform you and yeah, we're going to call exactly you that. and we're going to call you awful names and there's nothing you can do about it. And we're going to call you everything from uh, a deplorable to, you know, white supremacist to alt-right to whatever. Mm-hmm. We're, but, and, and there's a double standard and yes, we're admitting it and you can do nothing about it. Like they love that. It's, yeah. They love it. Yeah. It's, it's that kind of gloating thing. And, and I, I, I'm a hundred percent in agreement with that. That's exactly what it is. Um, and not to, you know, be a downer, but, uh, they're probably right. They've won and there might not be much you can do about it. This is, um, wait, go ahead read some more. I'll come back to this cause I had a thought, but I want to uh, get it. The next right. one is, the next one is Pamela Farmer, and unfortunately, my little uh, hacked piece of code that I throw together that uh, is giving me the super chat doesn't show me anything. So I don't know if she just didn't give me a message or if I got to go debug some stuff later. So I'm sorry, Pamela, I didn't see it. Um, but if uh, Beverly wants to, if Pamela did say something and my software is missing it, please give it to me in Discord, uh, Beverly. Uh, Pirate Tomsky says Lotus Eaters did a podcast called Gondor Has No King, where they talk about Biden acting like he's an illegitimate leader. This seems to prove it. Interesting. Uh, I should check that out. Sweet Briar McCollum says, hey, Carrie. Doesn't say hey. I'm writing the hey. Uh, That this article got published lets me know uh, Psalms 10, especially verses 14 to 15, is a prayer God is very willing to respond to in this administration. No return to the Christian 90s, but an offer to ease the pain of bigger troubles coming. What was that verse? Psalms 10, especially verses 14 to 15. Thank you. Uh, okay. Mickey the Fourth says, Hi, so yesterday I went on Radical Liberation to talk about Chechia's path from 
communism, and I screwed up less than I thought I would. <laughs> so give it a watch if you're interested in such a topic. We did mention that Mickey was going to be on earlier. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but we should go check out. Go check out Radical, Radical Liberation if you want. Um, Mickey also writes, we even had time for some hilarious trivia about our politics and culture, and I got into that nihilism of ours I told you about. <laughs> Good. I should check it out, Mickey. Thank you. Um, I'll Fight You Naked says, effing peasants, you have no right to check votes. Yes, they don't. Good point, effing peasants. Uh, <laughs> Wider Sams, Witter Sams, I th- I'm going to say Witter Sams, uh, says, uh, gives us 50 bucks. Thank you, Witter Sams, and says, I think this is my tipping point, this article. Yeah. They exploit evidence and turn it into party approved propaganda. Sickening, evil. I don't bow to a god and I won't bow to this. Good for you. Uh, don't bow to it. Um, I uh, maybe there's a silver lining if it's if it's causing people to have that reaction. Um, I think it's a just reaction. Uh, so, I mean, good for you. But okay, I was looking right. something up. I wanted to come back to that that idea and that comment that someone had about how in totalitarian regimes how they they enjoy they almost seem to take more pleasure in um forcing you to participate in the lie and knowing that you don't believe it but you're still humiliating and debasing yourself and participating in it then yeah, they do they, they kind of are fetishizing this right mm-hmm. like they 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 almost seem to prefer that than then uh they prefer that to the mindless sheep who repeat yes. their propaganda and believe it. <laughs> they prefer the those of us who don't believe it being forced to live by it. Then, anyway, I was looking for this reference because my my preacher had talked about this a few Sundays ago, and and I don't know enough about this ancient history. This is out of uh, the depth of my knowledge, but I do want to read more about it. I want, that's why I looked it up to make sure I got it right. He was talking about Nero and how he um, they accused Christians of all these crimes. He accused Christians of all these crimes, and then they would have them confess to things mm. they knew they didn't do. And and then they would still, just like in like Maoist China and other places, they would still kill them. Like World War II. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. Part of it was the humiliation of forcing you to co- confess to things and to participate in the lie. They debase you. They strip away your hum- humanity when they have you do that. And then they still punish Well, look you. at 1984, right? The, the whole Winston Smith yeah. towards the end with uh, getting him to say that two plus two was five. Yes. Um, yeah. They um, want you, they want to dehumanize you mm-hmm. and strip away your dignity and your pride. Yep. Yep. Uh, Vegas Royal says, good work, guys. It's been fun watching you, uh, your, you grow as a show. Thank you, Vegas Royal. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you. you guys are the reason we're growing. So I appreciate it. Um, Let's see, Mickey the Fourth again. Thank you, Mickey. Mickey says, there's Czech author Václav Havel. Read Václav. Okay, sorry. Václav Havel. Uh, who wrote an essay about how devastating is participation in the big lie called Power of the Powerless. Yep. Don't participate in the big lie. Compliance is, uh, sorry, uh, Witter Sams again gives us 30 bucks. Thank you, Witter Sams. And says, compliance is anti-American. The fight is exhausting, but we cannot live to be the same drones that told us as children we didn't know enough no that is correct yes uh and i do i 100 percent agree compliance is un-american um you know 
the that uh, I mentioned this I think last week or maybe the week before that question authority bumper sticker from the sixties, which I know a lot of people didn't like the hippies in the VW buses in the sixties, and that's cool. I get that. Uh, I have my problems I love as well. VW buses, but the question authority bumper sticker is correct. Yes, you should always question authority specifically, and I don't want to get into religion here. I'm an atheist. Carrie is, is is Christian, obviously. Um, I think you should question your own um, uh, your own moral system and make sure that you've you know you know what your moral beliefs are and where they're coming from. I'm not saying you should you know you should question that, and then after that you shouldn't like uh, you shouldn't be bullied into questioning your own moral beliefs. You should only use reason to question uh, a flawed uh, moral conclusion that you've drawn, but especially authorities of man, like people, authorities, authority figures, absolutely you need to question them. And uh, that's what they don't want you to do. It's it's so amazing. It's so amazing to me that, that the left had this, um, they had this reputation of being like the rebels and they're so not the rebels. They are so the stormtroopers. No. No, no, well, well, but the people who are the actual rebels on the left, they're still the rebels on the left. They get called alt right too. The the actual progressives are against all this stuff. They see the censorship. They see the propaganda. They see the endless wars. They see the cathedral. I'm, about, I'm generally the right, left right, my, now. right. But my point is that it wasn't. Again, this is the reason we talk about it in these terms is because we we also are raised in in this culture. We we fall into this left right bullshit too, but. The, the people who actually were the rebels and saw through it still see through it, but it was a smaller percentage of the left than it wasn't the all of the left. Then you've got all the people who just go along with whatever the tribe is doing. Well, then all the tribe is supporting the cathedral, so they are too. They they were never genuine to begin with. It's like the she it's like the Ash Conformity experiments. It's the seventy five percent of the population that just goes along with what everyone else is doing. Well. If you look at the left and you, you think, oh, what's the left like? Well, 75% of the left is just going to do whatever the powers that be tell them to do. There's 25% of those people who are genuine. Same thing with the right. Same thing with the, the population at large. That's what I, that's kind of what the way I look at it is, you know. Yeah. Um, I really, really appreciate, really appreciate the actual progressives I know who, who call out this crap. And, and some of them are getting, some of them are starting to be called alt-right and for the first time in their life, <laughs> they're progressives. <laughs> and it's like, well, welcome, welcome to the party. <laughs> yeah. um, Kevin Collins gives us five bucks and says that was sarc- sarcasm, Carter. He's referring to the BLM. Uh, I, I took the two literally the like group ident- personal responsibility is now group identity and blah, 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 the BLM. I kind of guessed it was sarcasm, but I wasn't sure everyone would know it was sarcasm anyway, and I wasn't 100% sure, so I addressed it. But thank you, Kevin, for the clarification. Um, don't worry. I'm not accusing you of wrong thinking uh, <laughs> or failure to think. Um, Stevie LG says uh, gives us five bucks and says, sorry, you guys were talking about government and babies. Dads can't – okay, so you're clarifying the other one. Thank you. Sorry, sorry we didn't understand. He says dads can't go into ultrasounds right now because of COVID-19 and the crib I want is normal everywhere but here. <laughs> Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that sucks. Um, that that sucks. sucks. But dads don't matter to the state. so They don't care about what's actually healthy for the mom or the baby. We had a listener, a, a viewer, a, a, a 
community member, whatever you want to call someone from unsafe space who wrote me and told me, um, yeah, they did not allow her husband to come to the ultrasound, even though she had previously had a miscarriage and was, had a lot of stress and anxiety around the doing, going there by herself. They still didn't allow the husband in because of COVID. And then they were going to require her to wear a mask during labor. <laughs> I'm sorry. What is wrong with people? What, what this world, you know, thankfully was able to, she was able to find another doctor and it's home birth. But that, yeah. That's insane. That's not in the best interest of the mother or the baby. You're going to put a mask on while you're in labor, while you're, you're struggling to breathe already. It, it's, it's ridiculous. It's not science. It's religious, like it's cult, like that's insane. Anyway, David T says it would be interesting to invite Whitney Webb on to discuss the horrible world economic forum agenda. Uh, I don't know who Whitney Webb is, but we do have now a series called The Great Reset that Ian K, aka Comics Division, Comics does, and Division. he does a video about once a week about that Great Reset. But I don't know who Whitney Webb is. Do you? No, but we'll make a note. Thank you. Yeah, well, maybe we'll uh, maybe Ian can invite her on. I don't know. Um, and I think this is the last one I got. Z Athros says, gives us 10 euros and says, Carrie, I do not think it's for fetishizing, forcing people to lie in the authoritarian regime, maybe initially, but later it just becomes fear, controlling the uncontrollable, a free human spirit. Yes. They're probably all related, but. I think it's related. Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't blame Carrie. I think I said fetishize, fetishizing, so. Uh, it's not her fault. All right. Um, I, I know we should go. We should go. I gotta go. I have real world stuff to do. I hope everyone I has I'm gonna, a... I'm gonna show one more thing though, because, uh, it's not long, but I just wanna, I wanna show it. Um, because it's funny and it's kind of, well, it's not funny. I take it back. It's not funny, but it's, um, I guess related to us in some way. Let me find it. Hold on. Uh, where is it? Here we go. So as you know, we're, you're watching Kofefi break. Did Carrie leave permanently? I hope she comes back to say goodbye. And she's going to come back and say goodbye. All right. Um, as you know, you're watching Kofefi break on unsafe space. Well, it turns out that Chase Bank does not like Kofefi coffee. They've said they will not process payments. <laughs> Wait, what? Kofefi coffee because it is pro-Trump. Why? Why? This is insane. Wait, when uh, did well, we... Said, we're, why we're at a place where now, like, corporations are telling you, well, if you like this political candidate, you're out of here, buddy. You know? <laughs> right. what, when did we become okay with this? Right. So, uh, let's see. In an email sent to Kofefi Coffee, Chase Bank claimed that the pro-Trump coffee company founded in 2018 was using their WePayment system or we payment processor, quote, for one or more of the activities prohibited by our terms of service. Um, there's not really much else to the story other than the word Kofefi and its relation to us. Um, I thought when they said WePay, I had to look it up because I was thinking of WeChat Pay. I'm like, why are they using a Chinese payment system? But WePay apparently is a Chase thing, not related to uh, WeChat. But I, I, I will point this out. I said this to Jason because Jason shared this with me. When uh, when we started Unsafe Space, I did a pretty 
as thorough as I had time for a review of banks, specifically worried about this kind of thing. And I ruled out Chase Bank, so we're not going to get in trouble for Kofefi break. Uh, I ruled out, or at least not from Chase. Um, but I, I do think it's important to just quickly share. I, I learned this about how banks work um, when I was actually, I ran an accelerator for cannabis industry um, companies for a while. And um, I know, ruins my rep with all you conservatives here. Uh, but um, banks, the board at banks generally has the ability to categorically reject accounts without any justification, um, the way banks work. And, and banks are inherently very conservative in the sense that the boards, I know you're going to intentionally yawn now. That's good, Carrie. That was excellent timing. Um, <laughs> that was not intentional. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but the board at banks can, they, they, ha they can basically say no to any account for whatever reason they want. Um, and that's, it's designed that way. It's their veto power is designed to protect the bank because they obviously have enormous assets and they're hypersensitive about getting in trouble or lawsuits or anything. It's not to justify it at all, but it does tie back into what I was talking about earlier when you exist in an environment in which you are very heavily regulated and the banks are both heavily regulated and part of the problem because they're part of the the cabal between the Federal Reserve and the state, especially based banks like Chase, right? They're part of the, the Federal Reserve and the cabal between government and the finance industry. They are both oppressors and oppressed in this system. They're, they're, like, they're part of that quagmire. And so um, it's not surprising that they're ultra conservative and, my, and I'm using conservative, the small c, they're ultra culturally conservative um, and kicking people out that think that they think might might help them fall into the the fall out of the good graces of the deep state um and so that does happen got to shop around for banks um hopefully the bank we chose who i'm not going to name uh out of courtesy to the bank uh hopefully the bank we chose won't ever do this to us but it is a real problem and it's why you saw gab for example have to build their own payment system because visa wouldn't do business with them um this kind of this kind of stuff does happen so all right I think we're done. This has been a long one. I think we're done, Carrie. What do you think? I mean, I was yawning, so. Yeah, all right, fair go. enough. You said it was unintentional. It was unintentional. Oh, okay. Yawns are unintentional. I also, I yawn uh, when I uh, work out. Do you do that? I think it's my body's way of when saying. When I'm running, um, at, yeah, actually, sometimes, like at the beginning of a run, I'll yawn. I, I yawn why. during cardio and stuff. I think it's because my body thinks. My body in, is involuntarily trying to get oxygen. It thinks it's losing oxygen or something. Oh, maybe. But that was just, I'm tired. And yeah, you did start talking about banks. I know. I know. <laughs> I knew. It was a bad end of show thing to do, but that's all right. You want to end on any kind of frivolity to share with the, the uh, gang or no? Or are you just done? No, I just I appreciate everyone here. I'm, uh, I'm, I don't, I'm very grateful. We're entering, like we've been saying for a while, these are crazy dystopian times and you look around you and it's just constant, relentless acceleration of the propaganda and the censorship and, um, and the gaslighting and <laughs> articles like the timepiece. And it can, I know some people can tend to feel depressed or um, as if we've already been conquered. And I've seen some of that among friends and I just want to remind people that 
you know, what we've talked about, the silver lining of them accelerating things this fast, the silver lining of them tightening that authoritarian grip is that every time they tighten the fist, there are, what's the Star Wars quote? There are star systems that slip between their fingers. They are losing people. There are people who are waking up. And I'm, I've been, if it makes you feel better and you're watching this, I, I talk to people all the time, strangers, um, who get in touch with me, who are who are in the pro- the difficult process of waking up or who have just gone through that process. And a lot of them are on the left. And so it is happening. It's been happening for years, but it's ha- whenever they accelerate, then you get more of those people waking up. And yeah, you're going to see friends and family who are buying, eat, drinking the Kool-Aid and buying into the propaganda and doubling down. And you will see that. And that is dispiriting. I get that. But um, I remain hopeful. I remain hopeful for a number of reasons, but I mean, it, and, and it doesn't even have to be, you can t- take my belief in God outside of it. That's a big, that's a large reason why I remain hopeful, but take that out of the equation. Just look at history. Look at history. Humanity's been through dystopian times before we've been through much worse before people, people have been through a lot worse than what we've been through a lot worse and come out on the other side of it. And, and so, yeah, we still have, for the time being, we still have um, free speech. We still have freedom of movement. I realize they're res- trying to restrict all these things, but we still have these things for now. And, you know, uh, I, th- I think it, it's only the only thing that's, a, I don't know, that's a concern right now is, as you've said, Carter, how dark does it have to get before the majority of people wake up and start to see the light. I don't know. I hope it doesn't have to get that dark, but I'm, I remain hopeful and I think you should too. And I hope you have a good weekend and I hope you unplug and do real life Hmm. things and create something. I will say, I appreciate when you do the princess Leia quote, not me. Do I get it wrong? Okay. No, I mean, close enough, whatever. Uh, and, um, yeah. Your world is actually not the federal government. Your world is your friends and family and people yes. around you. And and that's the world you live in. So all this stuff sucks. And yes, it may it may come to the point where you've got to actually physically move because things suck so bad wherever you are and there's so much pressure. Who knows how it can go? Um, but you are not your country. Um, like this country can fall apart. I don't want it to, but it can fall apart. It could reconfigure, things could happen. It's your community that you're around that matters on your day-to-day life much more than everything else. Um, so focus and on speaking that. of, <laughs> if you have to move, uh, by the way, I'm still accepting people who want to move to Texas who are wrong thinkers. I give you the stamp of approval and uh, would like to encourage you because, look, I can't stem the flow of people coming here from Cal- California and, and uh, New York. They're escaping all the failed large cities and they're moving to places like Texas, but they want to remake it. Well, Hey, I would love to encourage those of you who want to come here for Texas, not to remake Texas, but come here for Texas, please come. (laughs) You're welcome. Right. Right. All right. Well, um, one last time as a reminder to people, uh, Hey, come to our our Sunday speakeasy. If you you are apostate level or above, um, we will send you out a Zoom link, hopefully later today, in which we will um, give you directions for how to join the uh, 
the Sunday speakeasy. So yes, um, put on yeah. your glad rags. Come on down. <laughs> put on your glad rags. What's that song? Uh, uh, take off your mask now. <laughs> we'll have. I don't a think I know now. what you're talking about. No. We're no. in the money. No. Okay. Never oh, that mind. one. Okay. All right. Well, with that said, goodbye, everyone. Have a good. Uh, have a good rest of the day and good weekend. So uh, take care. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Are you still watching? It would be a shame if this list grew even longer. Remind me again how to spell your name. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. You know, I was thinking. Perhaps sitting in an office building a few blocks away from mild civil unrest is actually more heroic than storming the beaches of Normandy. Who's to say it's not? Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.